on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will continue to dictate what should happen in the second season of Ahsoka if Dave gets to create one. This time, they'll riff on what Ezra, the New Republic, and Thrawn may be up to in season two. They'll also discuss the inevitable delay of Ubisoft's Star Wars Outlaws game, as well as the latest South Park special that took on Disney and Kathleen Kennedy's perceived pandering problems. Maybe they'll even talk about what used to scare them as kids while watching Star Wars because it's Halloween week and all that stuff. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of Star Wars fan artist features. Punch it, Chewie. Okay. Figured it hey, out. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally losing my mind, my friends. Hey, now. Welcome back to the Star Wars Time Show Wednesday edition. Holy shit, do I look white. Give me a second here, my friends. I got, I got the wrong color tone going here. Uh, definitely clocking in like Casper the Ghost. Halloween is over. What the hell? Real quick, hopefully you can still hear me. I'm, I'm, I'm yelling. Still hear you. Can right. still hear you. You're still there. All right, that, that should do it. I'm already kind of a very white, white guy, and that was rough. Sorry about that, people. Welcome back to the Star Wars Time Show. It's great to have you around. It's Matt. It's Nick. And it's the mice in our pocket. Woo! Big shout out to League Extraordinary Sixers with the Super Chat. Oh, shit, already. There you go. Thank you We appreciate you, League. Love you. Thank you. League's one of our most uh, vocal fans participating in the Discord, the live chat. Gotta love that type of shit. So, we see you. We speak your name. May the force be with you. League, keep it coming. Nick needs to eat. You know, you can't own all these homes in Austin without those super chats. That's right, Tones. Mm -hmm. I do have my... Was it that... Is it not, not John Holmes, Peter Holmes? My porno stash is rocking it right now. Thank you. I know it looks great. The reason for this is last night, obviously Halloween here in the States. And the little kid, after seeing the, the Mario movie back in March, was like, that's it. I'm going to be Peach. You have to be Mario. So <laughs> to be as authentic as possible... Grew out the beard. That's how you, you know, the last month you saw the kind of the face shaping up again. But that was all in preparation for the porno stash. The Chester, the molester, as we like to call it. So yeah, it, it's looking good. I kind of like this look. It makes me look extra creepy. Especially with no hat on. Then I really look like I should probably be locked up and not around children. All right. So, hey, welcome back. Thanks for following us to Wednesday. Obviously, we had the holiday here yesterday. Had to take care of the trick-or-treating. I am the dad walker. Made my kid walk almost three miles. It was snowing here, Nick. <laughs> nothing, oh, like, wow. nothing like <laughs> snowing trick-or-treat, all right? Nice and cold, especially when all you're wearing is fucking overalls and a red T-shirt. So, yay, yay me. But that, that's why we delayed this week. Next week, we'll be back to Tuesday. Uh, so, you know, some fun stuff has happened in between 283 and 284, which we're watching now. And hey, if you want to join 5P East, 
youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Usually Tuesdays, sometimes Wednesdays. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, shit like that, right? I mean, I know you won't see our content, but you never know. It's a roll of the dice. But we're here. It's Wednesday. We're going to pay off on our the second part of our Ahsoka, what should happen in season two bit that we're doing. We've got some pop culture to get into, some Star Wars video game shit, some South Park taking on Kathleen Kennedy, which kind of caused a stir across the socials. And I don't think some people kind of got what they were getting at, but that usually happens when South Park is just in your face with shit. People miss kind of the undercurrent. Um, and then, you know, we'll celebrate the fans with the fan segment. So this week's fan question generated some buzz. So I grabbed them all. Fuck it. Some of them are, are just one word. So Nick's going to rip through that <laughs> and then we'll put this episode to bed. But I do want to update everyone, at least fans of the scoundrels of the new Republic series that we do here every quarter. <laughs> It seems like when, at least when once, the schedules align, right, at least uh, once every four point months, point. we we get something done. But we did record. That's right. The four of us last Wednesday, right at this time, executed chapter three, the most Espa investigation. And that's all I will leave you with. That's your tease. We plan to air that episode during Thanksgiving week because Nick and I were like, fuck you guys. We're not <laughs> doing a show. OK, so um, you you. Be prepared, circle your calendars, but probably that Tuesday of Thanksgiving week, we are dropping Scoundrels Chapter 3. Right. If you like a little controversy, if you like a little awkwardness, you might dig this one. Let's just say yours truly might have channeled a little too much of Chief Matlu, was a little too selfish, got a little pissy at the end, but I still think it makes for a fun, fun little radio journey if you are up for it. Uh, but I've, I've, I've taken my notes after that episode, and I will correct my ways. Um, it, it, it's always fun. Let's just say I get too in character and, and felt a little, a little alone and ignored for a little <laughs> bit. And I reacted in a childlike fashion. <laughs> Big surprise, right? <laughs> Woo! It's Star Wars Matt, the most narcissistic motherfucker on the internet. And uh, really, none of my Star Wars projects can avoid that man. He does come out. Um, everyone's digging the porn stash. I, I appreciate that. I, I know it's not a great look, but it's really the only hair I can grow these days. So it does make me feel a little bit more like a man. I've always told people, cause I mean, Matt and I are both bald men. Correct. So people ask me, they're like, Oh, would you ever shave your beard? And I was like, no, I'm never going to shave my beard or my facial hair because if I do, then I'll just look like an egg. Like I can't have no right. hair on my head and no hair on my face. Like yeah, it's just, it, it, it doesn't just doesn't work. work. Like, it doesn't work. There, there's like that, you know, it works for people with, um, I know there's a couple guys in the league, Josh Dobbs, Ryan Shazier, they had the alopecia, you know, so they, they yeah. no hair. It works for a few people. It would not work for Nick and I. So no. you, you got to keep something on the face, even though mine at, at 43 has way more white in it than it should. No, I, I do not close. have come on my lip. It's just white hair. Thank you. You sick fucks. All right, so uh, we'll, we'll do a little pop culture here. Uh, I, I did make it out, checked out a movie last week, Saw X, which I've learned is actually Saw 1.5, if you care about the, the timeline. And I'm not going to lie. Uh, I don't know why I keep subjecting myself to, to torture porn horror movies. 
because Saul 10, I, I don't know if it was substance or what, but I, Nick, I like some of the scenes and what they have to do to themselves. It's almost impossible not to want to throw up in your mouth. Okay. Like just, yeah. just the thought of the act <laughs> that they're doing and me being someone that's gone through two traumatic bodily injuries within the past yeah. 16 months. Let's just say one of the bits deals with someone's leg. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I, I couldn't look. And I, I was wondering, am I becoming a pussy or am I just becoming more of a normal human? I don't know. But Saul 10 is disturbing as fuck. It, it fits within the franchise if you dig it. Like I, I, it's not a reboot or anything. It's actually a clever way to kind of shoehorn in another movie early in the franchise. <laughs> but fuck. I, I don't think I'm cut out for the old torture porn shit anymore, you know? Yeah, we were talking a little bit about this before we went live. Like, I had seen the first two or three saws, and, like, after that, I was just like, this is not, it's like, <laughs> it is purely just, like, shock and awe, you know, like, There's always porn. a twist, though, Nick. There's always a twist. Yeah, so, like, they, they throw in, like, five <laughs> minutes of story at the end of it, so you're like, oh, my God, the story of Saw is so good, but really, like, it's not. Like, the story of Saw is pretty... Not great. And yeah, it's, I just, it's an I, angry rich point. guy that had cancer and got really pissed and decided to fucking murder a bunch of people with tor yeah. torture devices. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm trying to make them better people. Right. Yeah. It's teach like, them a lesson. That, that, yeah. That, that is his. But I, like I saw the first couple and I was like, this just isn't for me. And I'm actually surprised that this the franchise has lasted this long because hey, I really thought. Making money, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I really thought that that was going to be a phase. I thought that the torture porn genre of movie was going to be like a, a short lived phase and like hostile was another one that came yeah, out. That, a that died time. out though. That didn't yeah. have the leg. Saul seemed to be, and, and it makes sense, right? Cause I believe Saul was first to market, right? It was. Yeah, it was. And, and then everything else would have been a copy on that. So Saul has persisted. Like we're, we're talking 20 years, people like there's fucking crazy. And I, I think it kind of plays into some of the stuff we were talking about last week, Nick, when we brought up Matthew Vaughn and like, Hey, these days it's, and really it's kind of what the South park thing is about. And we'll get there where studios have gotten into a cycle of, and it makes sense when you think about the rich fuckheads that run them, who cares about creativity, imagination, new IPs, and innovative storytelling when you can come up and hit a home run with an IP and 20 years down the road, you're still printing fucking cash. Yeah. Right. I mean, there, there's a reason Saul 10 is coming out in 2023 because they know there's a built in base. They know idiots like me will see the name. Be like, all right, fine. I'll give you 20 bucks to go see this, even though I know it's not going to be of the same quality as the original. But that's where we are. I, I, I mean, and, and I don't want to get into the South Park thing yet, but that's the, the, the all the overall message they're saying is like, hey, hey, studio heads, can you quit being lazy and like actually let the artists and creatives create? And support that versus, hey, how can we rehash a story we've told 55,000 other times with, uh, you know, maybe some new characters, maybe splashing a female there and a person of color? I kind of get that shit. All right. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think what the sad part is, is like, it seems that even like the new bat, like some of these creatives, like we we're talking about, like you mentioned with Matthew Vaughn, like 
even they're just in the reboot phase now. Right. Like, yeah, he, he's like, the one like, oh, Hollywood's just, you know, printing money. We need more creatives. And then his idea, Nick, is what? Reboot the original trilogy. <laughs> I was like, how is that? It's like, you're the guy out here who's saying that, oh, my God, Star Wars is all about the Skywalker family and they should blah, 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 new stuff. Like, they need new ideas. My idea, reboot the original trilogy. It's like, did I get lost in the Twilight right. Zone? Like, yeah. <laughs> what <Hello>. happened? <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough out there, but it's really good to see stuff like, you know, I haven't seen it yet. You've seen it. But Gareth Edwards, the creator, like a completely new, awesome. uh, you know, IP built around something that is like very topical now, like the progression of AI in our society and where that will take us. We also have, I mean, whenever Zack Snyder's releases, there's Rebel, Rebel Moon, Moon, which is essentially like his like personal take on like a star Wars type of story, but told outside of the star Wars universe. So I mean, is he getting Netflix support on rebel moon? That's a good question. I'm not a hundred percent, but I do think that there is an association with Netflix and rebel moon. So I think that is like their owned IP now. Yeah. Because I, you brought up the creator and it just, it, it, it cratered at the box office. Yeah. Which means Gareth will be penalized now. They'll think he's an idiot. And the creator franchise is probably one and done. I I do think there was a bit more juice in there. But but I wonder if he would have had a partnership with a streaming platform to either go, you know, hand in hand or, you know, 20 days out of theater. It goes right to Netflix, if that would have possibly helped. Speaking of Netflix, how the fuck did Spider-Man Across the Universe end up on Netflix? That's week. a good question. I did see that. I saw that. I mean, like, dude, I just fucking bought it because I'm like, well, Sony doesn't necessarily have a platform. Sometimes their shit goes to Max or wherever. It, 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 and now it's free on Netflix. Like uh, they're doing exactly what you said. They're buying everyone else's shit to put on their platform. And I think they're making good moves. I mean, they, they have that new movie with Jennifer Lawrence is already on there and yeah, still in theaters. Yep. 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 Exactly. That It's like they have... What I will say is like Netflix was a little lag behind, like lag behind in terms of like the shift to original content, like a heavy shift towards original content that you saw like a few years ago. And they had some stuff like they had the original Marvel content. But like after that, their original content was pretty bad. Now they're ahead of the game on licensing. Like they're they're way ahead of the game on like scoop up this IP, scoop up this IP, make a deal with this studio to where everything that comes out on, like for them is coming straight to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have some really good titles out there already. Cause we like opened up Netflix and Taylor was like, wait, that's the Jennifer Lawrence movie. We wanted yeah. to go see. It's already yeah. on Netflix. And I was like, yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> it's Hey, you know, they had that, that horrible one quarter, right. Where they lost a, a million or something. Yeah. And that fucking kicked them in their asses and they completely pivoted from that. And I think they're back on top. Like, I, I think they recouped a lot of those lost subs. They've they've cut down on password sharing, which probably added to those numbers. And now, as as Nick was weaving throughout the summer, like, listen, these people are going to have to start grabbing content from other platforms to host on their own. And Netflix was like, hey, fuck you guys. We're going to we're going to grab HBO's content. We're going to grab brand new movies that are still in theaters and we're putting them right on our fucking platform. And I I was just blown away when I saw Across the Spider-Verse. I was like, well, fuck me for just buying. I literally just bought it this weekend. Literally just dropped the, you know, 15, 20 dollars, whatever it was 
on on Apple TV and this shit just randomly shows up on a platform that it shouldn't be on technically. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. And uh, I mean, it's nice, like, you know, it's nice for the consumer, but it's also like it is another sign that like theaters need to start to pivot, you know, like really um, like if I was a theater owner, what I would start doing, especially after seeing the success of the Taylor Swift stuff is start to make creator level deals, you know, like, right. That Just was something right with the, right where the theater versus having them go through a studio. Yeah. Like, you know, have like specific, you know, creator level deals that you can say like, Hey, you want to make a movie? We, we can, you know, we'll put up whatever, $25 million or we'll put up you know, 50% of your funding and then you'll be, but the deal is, is like you're exclusive to our theater chain. So like AMC makes a deal with Zack Snyder and all of Zack Snyder stuff goes to AMC first. And then, you know, that is really where they could probably use a little bit more help because the traditional theater model now is just not working. Like, you know, it, it, I, I it's mean, outside not- of Oppenheimer and Barbie 2023, for the most part, every movie underperformed. Yeah. And I mean, there's, you know, the Marvels is getting ready to come out. I heard that tracking for that movie is going to be around like the 50, 60 million for release. Like I, don't release think the mo- I don't think it's going to do well. I don't. Yeah. And like the thing, that's what I was going to say is like 50, 60 million for a release that's is like 45% nothing. lower than Captain yeah. Marvel release. Right. No, next. I mean, l- listen, people, if you remember the height of the MCU, I mean, they would, they would do hundred million opening weekends. Like it was yeah. nobody's business. So. Yeah, I mean, League's saying here that Sony does have something with Netflix. It, I guess that makes sense. I mean, maybe that Jennifer Lawrence's movie is there too. I just I couldn't believe that Spider Verse showed up. I mean, that is a that is a quality film that they're still charging money for, and you can't get on any other platform unless you pay for it, rent it, or now go to Netflix. So yeah, good for them. All right. Well, hey, uh, AMC should do yeah. So Nova Toymation here saying AMC should do more concert series. Let's go Metallica. I actually Nova they did do. I think they are doing Metallica's recent tour. They did. They did like a date, like a two, like a weekend. It was a Friday and then a Sunday, something like that. But yeah, I, I could see, like Nick said, the 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 concerts could get some juice mm-hmm. there. Here's the problem, and theaters are already in, in, in a fucking quagmire, unfortunately, because it's my favorite thing to still do that involves me going out in public. The, the slate is fucked. I mean, yeah. once once we get through the the fall here, they they held on to some like I think Aquaman they're still dropping, the Marvels are still dropping. That's it, people. There there's not going to be any new releases in twenty four until the actors and and the studios get their shit ironed out. It just it ain't happening. Like, yeah, there's not going to be any new releases unless it's a twenty four. A twenty four is the only studio where, that has like worked their shit out with the actors. Yeah, side deals for sure. So. Mm-hmm. It, it it's going to be rough. I mean, you, you're probably going to see some of the shit they're doing during the height of the pandemic. Hey, rent a theater and pick from a list of old movies you want to watch with friends in your own theater. Or, hey, we're rerunning Star Wars or we're rerunning this big movie. That's what it's going to be. And it blows. But, hey, let, let's hope they get shit figured out. I, I think they were supposed to have a few more talks before the end of the year. It sounds like it's getting closer, but if that doesn't get resolved uh, before New Year's, goodbye January, February, March movies. I mean, Dune's probably going to get moved again. Hey, if, uh, if that happens, 
you may see more Star Wars Disney Plus stuff released in theaters like we had for, yeah. for Ahsoka Episode 5. Right. That's uh, another one knows? of his ideas you know, that like, they're going to owe Nick royalties on. So it just, it let's go, like, Bob. Send the fucking check. Yeah. It seems like every now and then I say something that makes sense and then people do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting time for, for theaters pretty soon because you know that once Thanksgiving's over, there's no more talks happening. Like the end, that's the end of the year. Like people are going to be in holiday mode. Like there's not going to be any more discussions between no. the actors and the studios and stuff like that. So if we don't get a deal done, it worked out before Thanksgiving. This is my my guess. No, you're right. You're right. You're, it's not until 24. Like they won't even meet again. Yep. Yep. That's where we're at. All right. Well, uh, before we get into our, our topics here, if you've been on the live stream, you've seen this this screen up on our display. We have such a flashy live stream. You should come check it out. Like I said, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. If you want to get into our Discord, hit up Star Wars Time. Show on Instagram. Grab that link tree. Do what you got to do. We actually had someone's account in our Discord. It must have got hacked last week, and he started posting porno in every channel in the star wars mm-hmm. time show luckily it's not a very active discord so i was able to get in there and just do a delete bulk, everything yeah a bulk <laughs> well it was nice discord just has a bulk ban it's like do you want me to remove all their shit uh, yes i do and so it was just a, a click a click boom and see you later nice uh, so hopefully ty ty tabin gets his account back but definitely hacked over there but anyways on the live stream right now we are looking at it just released today i don't know if there's any other star wars columbia collectors out there like myself but you know nick we were talking about this before the show they do this every year Uh, i've been in on it the past two years so this year's events they're calling it the skywalker pilot collection from columbia so uh, this stuff's going to drop December 1st, about 29 days. We have the preview out there. And um, it's it's pretty pretty legit. I, I'm a big fan of the hoodies. We'll, we'll try to get into to some of the images here. If I still skied, I would love to wear that all orange jumpsuit. I mean, if you can't see, I'll, I'll try to paint the visual. Think Luke on Hoth in his pilot garb. That's what we're talking about from Columbia this season. Both the lightweight jacket, the snow jacket and the pullovers all kind of honor that look. So um, I think I'm, I'm going to try to keep the tradition going. I think I'm going to try to snag the Skywalker pilot pullover, more than likely the T-47, I'm sorry, the T-65 edition, the X-Wing, because uh, I already have that, that cream and maroon looking one. But these things are dope. I know they're expensive. They are collector's items. They do hold value. I actually still have an unopened one from last year. I'm going to try and pawn at the holidays to make a quick buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing, like Nova is saying here, he's, he's not wrong. The hoodies are sweet. They are $150. These things are like winter jackets. You can put this fucker on and that's all you need. And they actually also recommend you shouldn't wash them very often. So if you're a lazy piece of shit... You also can just keep wearing it over and over and over without taking it to the laundry. So uh, if anyone else is out there, it's kind of a, a, a fashion freak, loves the, uh, the Star Wars crap that Columbia puts out. They have dropped this year's collection themed after Luke Skywalker pilot garb. So lots of, lots of that rebel pilot orange if you're into that look. Yeah. If I lived anywhere else but Texas, I would probably get one of these, but 
Yeah, you're right. Th- these Texas. are yeah, these are these are uh, pointless for you. Like I, yeah. I, I I think the way they got like maybe a t-shirt or something you could consider. Yeah, I would say like a 55, hey, Nick, a $55 t-shirt. There you go. Oh, yeah. How's that? Why That's... get yourself the $55 t-shirt and then the $40 snapback hat. That is a oh, fucking deal right there. That is a deal and a half. 40 yeah, bucks no. for a snapback. Are you for That's real? Columbia. Crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> well, I, I mean honestly, if you're a nut, get in at midnight, buy like the fat people sizes, you know, so like large or an XL cuz those always go first. Flip these fucks. Yeah. I'm telling you these things immediately double in value within a day of them releasing because they sell out in two seconds. So I know there's a lot of collectors that listen to us. This shit from the the Star Wars Columbia collection, no different. The value goes through the roof the moment that a size sells out. All right. Yeah, Mando, yeah, we don't think the studios and actors are going to get the deal done either. It's just where we're at. All right, so um, let's get into some of our Star Wars topics. We'll end the show on our, uh, well, the fan segment, but our, our big topic, we'll save the, the Ahsoka shit here. Uh, let me turn some of this crap off on this site. So uh, I think it was like last week or something, two weeks ago, maybe it was B-Mad, Mando Pirate. Someone was talking about, yeah, when, when next big video game. We're like, Star Wars Outlaws, March. Well, eh! doesn't look like that's happening here um this is coming from chris scallion over at uh, video games chronicles uh, apparently ubisoft if i read this right nick they actually had a kick a kick-ass quarter two they're like hey we we overperformed we're kicking the shit out of our, our sales estimates and um everything's looking good but at the very end, they're like, the company has decided to launch this other large game in fiscal year 24-25 so as to maximize its value creation. So if you're not familiar with financials, what they're saying here, everyone, is we made a fuck ton of money when we didn't think we were. So why are we going to release this game within a quarter where we're already overperforming let's save it for another quarter so we can really end strong and pay off on our shareholders this nick i do not think is anything about we need more time for this game nope not the way that they're positioning this is a pure just greed decision yeah this is a pure money (laughs) decision and also so like in situations like this um you could like like for for big studios and obviously like for those of you out there who know taxes you know like the more money you make the more you pay in taxes per fiscal year so yeah. like if they release this game <laughs> if they were to release outlaws in the same fiscal year as that as their overperformance is already happening they would have to pay more taxes so they're like why the fuck would I would yeah. I do that <laughs> like, this is this is creative accounting people and this is why I've always yeah. said accounting is some of the m- most bullshit in all of business because it's not real it's not real uh, when when you can film an entire movie bad girl and say it's better for our business to bury not this fucking thing that's yeah. when you know accounting is is about as fucking magical as a lot of the other shit we talk about that lives in the sky okay i mean here's the statement it's it's unbelievable i love this actually i mean this is just such c-suite talk here all right 
the company can therefore confirm its announced guidance of strong top line growth, a non IFRS operating income of approximately 400 million pounds without releasing the other large game it had initially planned to launch during the last quarter of the current fiscal year. The company has decided to launch this other large game in FY2024-25 so as to maximize its value creation. So again, they're saying it with business buzzwords, but they're literally saying we did so well. We no longer need to close out this fiscal year with this juggernaut title because like Nick said, it's going to cost us on the tax back end and we can pad our next fiscal year if we just hold it. Yep. So that's that's it. Like <laughs> I, uh, you know, when I first read this, I was like, oh, you know, it's probably the usual. We want more time. We want more polish. And, and at this point in time, listen, gamers, we're, we get you. All right. I think all of us get a little disappointed, but we all understand we'd rather have a functional game. You know, 10 years ago, that's when we'd all still freak out because it wasn't normal back then to have delay after delay after delay. It was kind of like, hey, when a game's coming out is when a fucking game's coming out. We've gotten used to that. That's not the case here, Nick. Ubisoft is literally saying we're, we're kicking ass. We're making a ton of money. Who cares about the gamers? Our shareholders are happy. We're going to make them even happier by holding on to this gem of a game that we know is going to sell regardless if it's good or not because it's Star Wars so we can kick off our next fiscal year on the right foot. Yeah. And like what's crazy to me is like I don't think at least, you know, I haven't tracked the video game landscape super closely over the past like five, seven years. But I can't remember a time in, in the past where this has happened where like the reason for a delay is stated by the company as we're waiting to make more like to, to push yeah. this into a different fiscal calendar year I, I, like, I think you're right i think this is a a first and, and let's be clear it's allegedly star wars outlaws yes you know but but ubisoft <laughs> and large games i mean is it assassin's creed or is it outlaws so uh, we're, we're pretty much thinking it's it's outlaws at least this outlet based on who they've been talking to yeah i mean it's wild too because you have to have some sort of understanding that like if you put out a statement like this that the general like the general video game audience doesn't understand what you're saying because if they understood what you were saying like if they could read that and very easily decipher that oh you're delaying this game because you don't want to pay more taxes in fiscal year 2023 there would be a fucking uproar. Like they, they, like people would be like, well, what the fuck are you doing? Like, there's nothing wrong with the game. The game is ready to release. And the people, like the creatives, you also have to think of like what the creatives think of this. Like the people who built this game are probably like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. Like this game yeah, has I, been gold and ready to go. <laughs> I want to and, see my work in the wild. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean you're going to push this to fiscal year 2024 like there are some people who are going to be financially impacted by this like there are people whose whose like salaries and stuff like that depend on performance of like game sales units sold yep yeah so like for these people they now have to push out potential income from march to fall of 2024 like that's crazy it, it, like I don't know, man. I mean, like, but it is, like you said, this is the same thing that like, this is creative accounting and this is what big studios do to ensure that they don't have to pay higher tax bills. And, you know, 
they can put out a statement like that because they know a 15 year old reading this doesn't know what that means. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, you don't. I mean, again, you don't mention the game by name, but what other large games in yeah. Ubisoft's portfolio outside of the aren't they doing a new Creed? I think maybe. I th- yeah, I think they they pump out an Assassin's and, Creed like every two years, right? And so. we know, and we know Outlaws, and and Outlaws was you know reportedly to be dropping at the end of this fiscal year, which is March of 24. So Nick, if it truly is Outlaws. There's a good chance we're looking at a year delay. Yeah. Like it, it could come out fucking March 25 at this point. Yeah. If they, if they really, and cause here's what'll happen. If this is the tack that they're taking and they're really looking at like quarterly revenue, then what they can do is like, okay, Q1 looks strong. We don't have to release it in Q1. Yep. They just, and, and since the game is done and doesn't require any other work from the developers, they can just, they can literally just leave this thing on a shelf and be like, okay, Q3 looks weak, so maybe we push it out yeah, in Q3. Yeah, let's pump it in now. Let's let's pad, yeah. let's pad that shit, dude. I mean, it's, because you it's think wild. Nick, they're they're probably not going to want to release it in the fall of 24 because that is that's big time AAA video game season, right? I mean, we, yeah. we just had Spider Man Two dropped. I'm like you, I don't fucking know. I, I'm sure there's some other big titles about to drop here in November that that, that typically in in gaming. It's big months of the year where October through the end of November, maybe early December. They want to get the games out in time for Christmas, all that type of shit. Yeah. Um, all right. Mando Pirates saying there is a new AC and it just came out. So, yeah, it's, it's well, then it's not. It's, <laughs> outlaws. it's definitely like, outlaws. It's not even close. Thanks, Mando it's, Pirates. Yeah. I mean, fuck. I mean, that's crazy, man. But you know what I mean? I, so it probably will be a year now because I don't think they're going to take it on a chin and risk butting up against other triple a releases that could be coming out in the fall of 24. So yeah. I, I think Nick's on to something. It could be, all right, let's kind of get our projections going here. If something's looking a little, so we don't upset the stock, let's go ahead and, and plug and play this bitch. Yeah. That's um, crazy that they're essentially using this game as like a, a stopgap measure for, yeah, for to keep like, the stock afloat. Is it? That's it. Yeah. I mean, that, I've never seen that before. I've never heard. I mean, and, and the thing is, it's like it's probably happened before. Like it's, you know, but it's never been as like on Front Street as right. it is now. You know, it is pretty wild, man. Yeah, it that's, that's pretty crazy. wild. I I mean, I'm sure that that this this was a, a financial person probably wrote this up and they're delivering just on an earnings call or whatever. So, yeah, you probably had no one in the studio involved. That's why it is very business like oh. and. That that's business talk. I've I've sat on plenty of calls like this, and most people it probably went one ear, one in one ear, out the other. Like, hey, whatever. Who gives a shit? What time's lunch? But when you really sit down and read it, as Nick said, it's it's ballsy. They're just like, hey, you know what? Fuck off. We we, we doing good. We don't care about what you want. We don't care about if you're ready to be entertained by the next big, really the first ever Star Wars game of this kind. We're making money until we yeah. feel like we're not making money. We're going to sit on this bitch. What's wild is, I mean, again, like it's not confirmed that this is outlaws. We're, we're making assumptions based off of like the language that was used in the assumed release date of outlaws. But like, this isn't an owned project. Like Ubisoft doesn't own this IP. So they, if this is outlaws, they would have had to go through Lucasfilm games or like whoever's running like the video game arm of, of Lucasfilm to get this delay approved because like you would think, yeah. Cause like, like, what do you, you can't just 
Like you can't as Ubisoft unilaterally decide to delay this game that you don't have the licensing rights over. Like you would have to walk this through your licensor, which is Lucasfilm and Disney to be like, Hey, can we release, can we delay the release of this game? And I don't know. So like, that's, that's another like big part to this is like, if the, if it is outlaws, then not only are they saying that they're, they're, they're delaying the release of it for their own financial benefit. They also had to have approval from Lucasfilm and Disney to, to delay the, the release, well, which is crazy. Suits talk to suits, man. I mean, again, they probably weren't going to the actual gaming people at Lucasfilm. They're going to the people that, you know, push the buttons and cut the checks. And they're like, yeah, hey, C- sure, CFO, yeah. like yeah, financials. Hey, people, hey well, you know? you know, well, we're going to have to, you're going to have to pay us a penalty on, on the agreement. And they're, they're like, okay, here, here you go. Lucasfilm. Yeah. It's sweet. like, whatever. It's like, All I'm right. sure that there's like a, like a delay. Yeah. Like a delay penalty, whatever. Cash is cash. So, so yeah. they don't give a shit. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird. It is weird, but hey, uh, not not just this is where we're at. I mean, we got studios tanking big budget movies for accounting purposes. Now we have game studios or game publishers doing the same thing. That's the best part. It's not like Ubisoft is developing this. I think it's massive is the actual developer. Ubisoft, I believe, is the is, publisher. Is the publisher. So they're not even there. I guess. Well, that's why it pays to be king. Publishing is where the money's at because you're you're the one putting it out. You don't you're not even making it. You're just the one packaging it, marketing it, and getting it out into the wild. Yeah. And, and they're like, hey, fuck you guys. Thanks for I the work. I would really but- like to to talk to somebody from Massive, like lead developer from Massive, because I think Ubisoft owns Massive. Probably. But like I would like to talk to that guy and be like, well, so like candidly. Not on the record. What do you think about this? Right, <laughs> like, exactly. what do you think about this game that you've been working on for probably three years up Easy. to this point? Easy. It, like, what do you think about them just saying, like, we're just not going to release it because we want to make more money? Like, he, he'd be like, he'd lose his fucking mind. Well, you know, <laughs> those fucking low level devs aren't seeing any of that more money. Oh, uh, right. I mean, some of these people are literally worked to death. You know, Crunch. Yeah. You, you, have you ever heard about the video game Crunch? I mean, oh, yeah. as we come to, as Nick said, getting to pressing gold and getting the release, some of these fuckers work 80 to 100 hours a week, sleep in the office, don't leave. It's brutal shit. Like, I mean, they're the ones that should be unionizing. I mean, it, it's it's insane what developers, game developers are asked to do towards the end of a video games development cycle. Like just, it, it, I'm surprised there's not more suicide to be honest with you. It yeah, just, it does not sound crazy. like a, a, a joyous experience, but there you go. doesn't look like we're going to, going to meet the, the cast of outlaws anytime soon. That, that was like the one thing I know we all kind of had a beacon towards in 24, especially knowing the uncertainty of Disney plus releases we know they're never going to get a fucking movie put together. So we were kind of hanging our hats on, on outlaws and that, that first quarter of 24, at least a traditional quarter and ain't happen at this point in time. Oh, well, such is life in today's age of strikes, big business publishers, eating developers. I mean, the, the, the less and less small studios you have, the more and more of this stuff is going to happen. Yeah, okay. we're, we're literally the video game industry, just like any industry, as I learned in business school, it's called the rule of three. Typically in any genre of business, in the end, only three competitors will stand. Yep. You know, and, and outside of that, everything else gets sucked into their umbrellas. 
Um, here we go. Mando Pirates saying uh, Julian Garaiti, the lead of Massive, is leaving too. He's going to go work on Division Three. So the, the the dude literally who was overseeing Outlaws is is piecing out. Which yeah, means, so that means the game is done. Yeah. So <laughs> just like Nick said, done. Mando Pirates confirming like the, the the team is already moving on the new projects, which just yeah, it's proves like, the game's fucking done. Yeah, because because Division Three, because the division is also developed by Massive, so like he's not moving studios, he's just changing projects. And if the lead developer is now moving to a different project that is internal to that same studio, that game is fucking finished. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that's so crazy, dude. The wow, style, I think I need I need to keep the stash. Like it's it's definitely getting a lot of action. Who knows? We'll we'll see if our clips. Uh, over the next few weeks. I mean, we didn't get, I did get a clip out today and I, we, I am committed to a clip every single fucking day. And, and sometimes it might be from an old cast until Opus kind of expires it. I, I noticed that, mm-hmm. was it like they a do. 25 day? You get 25 days. It, yeah. I think it's 30 days from the day of upload, but yeah, you get, right. it, there is a time limit on how so long we, we have, we have tapped out episode 282. I think we still have plenty for 283, and we'll get even more out of 284. So you, you're never going to starve for content. I don't know if it's good content. I think the socials are reminding us that, for the most part, our content really isn't what people want. But we're, we're committed to providing SWTS every fucking day of the week. Uh, no Shave November? Sure, we, we could call it that. I mean, I, I might whip this for a month. I would prefer to have a full beard, especially where I live. It's fucking cold now. And walking out and having that wind slap my bare bottom face is not cool. Definitely not fun, so we'll, we'll see. But I, I know the stash, I'm a man that appreciates people reacting to my appearance, whether it be positive or negative. So I dig this. I dig that some people think it looks disgusting. I dig that some people think it looks fucking awesome. So we'll see. We'll keep we'll keep something going throughout the month. All right, Nick, let's get in this South Park thing. And, and, and let me set it up here because this can go off the rails very quickly with how people get triggered and think here. Um, that's right, props. We'll do anything here for views. If me looking like a, 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 a molester will result in more clicks, then I will take take one for the team. Uh, but here we go. So I think it came out last weekend over on Paramount+. Plus. But, uh, it, you know, Trey and Matt, they've been doing kind of like mini movies or, or, or like South Park specials for the past few years, at least since the pandemic. And, and this latest one kind of takes on... What's going on in Hollywood with, uh, you know, perpetual reboots, what a lot of people call the wokeification of of Hollywood entertainment. And um, I have not watched the episode, so I, I want to preface that with that. I'm, I'm not going to come from a point of I've, I've seen this. I, I know exactly what's going on. I have read this article on Hollywood Reporter, and I think it does a good job of kind of breaking down why this got some buzz over the weekend from the far right and, of course, the angry, trolly Star Wars fans out there. But to, to kind of just recap it, the, the gist of the episode was they found themselves, the boys did, found themselves in like a, a multiversal type of setup where shit was getting squirrely. Cartman eventually gets replaced by a, a black woman. And really the the what they found out that Kathleen Kennedy was responsible for a lot of this. And, uh, you know, without going into it, I mean, I think the title of the, the episode was like the Panderverse. 
So what South Park was trying to go for, Nick, I believe, was Hollywood Studios pandering to the, you know, trying to get the largest, most broad vanilla audience as possible to make as much money as physically possible. But they used very specific examples like South Park is known to do. And that's why I've always appreciated South Park, Simpsons. They kind of use cartoon and the humor and uncomfortable ways to kind of make you think about some of this social shit that's going on right now. So, you know, I guess spoilers for this episode if you care. But when it comes down to it, like I said, Cartman discovers in, a, in another universe that it is Kathleen Kennedy's fault that all this <laughs> shit is happening. That, you know, we're having franchises we love rebooted with, you know, different genders playing other roles or, or people of color playing roles that, that white people traditionally had. And Kathleen explains like, you know, listen, I, I, I didn't I didn't set out to start doing this. I really do want to make great entertaining con- content, but I just relied too much on the pander stone. Like a kind of doing like an Indiana Jones yeah. tie in here. And, you know, the pander stone would, would kind of tell me what to do to to pander to the broadest audience as possible and try to make as much money as possible. And then I was getting all this hate mail and all this trolls, all this trolling about and, and telling me I want to die and this, that, and the other thing. And Cartman's like, well, that was me. And they kind of come to this, this understanding, like Cartman's like, well, you know, I, I don't like what you're doing with the pandering. I would prefer more creative approach, new stuff. But he's like, just, being a troll and bitching about woke nonstop also isn't productive. So I'm going to try to figure out how to start talking about these, this type of stuff in a more productive way. And in the end, I think that was the message. It's like, listen, Hollywood, you probably are getting a little too pandering with, with some of the reboots replacing longstanding characters with, with different genders, different colors. Instead of doing that, let's create new stuff. Let artists shine. Let people of color make their own art, their own superheroes, their own color. Let, you know, women do all that fun stuff. But on the other end, all you fucking trolls sitting behind your keyboards, you just sitting there screaming woke, 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 woke. You're not fucking helping to, to change anything either. So that was that. Uh, the fact that they chose Kathleen Kennedy doesn't surprise me because she is kind of a lightning rod and... You know, Star Wars is buzzwordy. Indiana Jones is buzzworthy. But really, it was Disney they were kind of pounding on. And if you think about it, Kathleen is Lucasfilm. She's only in charge of Star Wars and and indie stuff. All the other stuff that you might think Disney's doing that is, quote unquote, woke, is not her. But I understand why South Park used her as the punching bag. Well, also, name another executive. Name right. name another studio executive other than David Zaslav. Bob Iger, that's about it. But that, but that's the thing is he's not even a studio executive. He's the CEO of Disney, which is like a multimedia right. corporation. Right. So like nobody nobody in this chat can name and nobody listening can name another movie studio executive other than maybe David Zaslav, who is the guy who runs DC, or he might even be the guy who ran DC. I don't even know if he still runs. I think Zaslav runs Warner brothers. I think he is Bob's equivalent at Warner brothers. Okay. Yeah. So like you're, you're right. He is the CEO and current president of Warner brothers. So he's not even, he doesn't even qualify under the same thing as Kathleen Kennedy. So like you, it's like 
most people can't even name another like studio executive. So that's how you, that's why you go after Kathleen Kennedy. Cause it's the only one that people know. <laughs> like it's, but I mean, like I've been so disconnected from South park that like, I didn't even know this came out, but I mean, I, I didn't either till I started, I, um, uh, Star Wars troll theory did like a big thing on it. I didn't watch it, but I saw his title. I was like, okay, let me go do a quick Google search. And sure enough, Hollywood reporter had shit on it. I mean, and the reason why Nick is because like I said, it struck a chord with the far right. Cause they're like, they're all pointing at it going, you know, doing the Leo DiCaprio yeah, meme. Uh, see, see <laughs> when clearly they're too dumb to, to get the message. It's like you didn't read either. Right. Like they didn't read the whole article or they didn't watch the, the thing. Correct. You know, like, just, like, like Elon, Elon tweeted out like timely, like, Oh yeah. Hey, look, see even South park is on the woke train now. And, it really, from what I read, I haven't seen it, but the way it was broken down, that South Park was not railing against whatever this fucking woke shit is. They were, they were kind of, they, they punched they Disney as hard as they sides. were punching the trolls. And that's what South yeah. Park does. They, they, they do play both sides, like Nick said. Yeah, they play uh, both sides. So. But the other reason this is relevant, apparently this got Gina Carano to come out of the fucking bushes and she just started flamethrowing Kennedy. Like, you, you can tell how fucking mental this lady has gone. Here's what she had to write on X. Uh, this is the part where Kennedy demands any YouTubers get censored off of YouTube for sharing and laughing at this hilarious episode. She'll have YouTube disable the thumbs down option because of the ratio she'll receive. Then she'll have her publicist ghouls make sure Variety and Hollywood Reporter run hit pieces about the South Park careers and their families smearing their names through every useful idiot she has under their thumb who would sell their soul to work for Lucasfilm. She'll activate her online mob to repeat the South Park careers are racist, bigot, transphobes, and demand the South Park careers publicly apologize by only using words she approved of and finally she'll demand they subject themselves to a re-education course of 45 people in the lgbtq community zoom call to sit there and listen to how badly they got their feelings hurt all over a little boop of a south park episode but maybe just maybe the jig is up and i read it that way because literally she didn't put any punctuation in that so i guess we're just waiting for this to happen because i didn't see anything yet yeah like (laughs) i mean come on watch out our channel's gonna get banned any second any second Everyone record this episode. This is going to be our last. We're talking about it, right? We're talking I mean, about it. Where are they we, going? We, where Where are they coming from, Gina? Where is she? I'm yeah. ready. Where's Kathy? Where is she? Is she a ninja? Yeah. Is she in my Is she in my basement? Is she going to come taking us? She's the behind head? us. She's gonna. She's sent the assassins out to our addresses. Like so. So what Gina's <laughs> response proved, Nick, is exactly what South Park was getting at. Like you, yeah. you idiots on this side of the coin that just screen these megaphones with these buzzwords and make shit up and lie and say, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. You're not helping either. I mean, also like Gina Carano after her time on the Mandalorian has essentially like faded into relative obscurity. I mean, I guess she has like, I don't know what she's doing, but it's not like noteworthy enough to be brought up. Bro, I in mean, any, in one like, movie, major what, outlets. You, didn't you tell me like, I think it made, it made eight, 35, like, yeah, like $35,000 or something like that. No, totally. I, I, I think it was like 3500 Like, there's yeah, no like, way it even got to that. And it's because, you know, they, uh, they're in that echo chamber of everything's fake. You know, Aaron Rodgers lives there, too. It's like, I, I don't, whatever. I mean, everyone knows we just, we live in a fucking insane society at this point in time. And everyone's like, hey, you know, that's just, that's the ebb and flow of humanity. I, I don't know. I, I think having the technology 
compounded with just humans sucking, living together, this is the worst period of humanity. It is. Yeah. Like, it's, it's only a matter of time before we, we just start flame throwing everything. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that like she came out of the woodworks was I love it. <laughs> just so crazy because I just assumed that she had like taken herself off of the map and just like, I mean, because now it's like you seem unhinged to anybody who wants to work with you further. And it's like, except for people that drink that Kool-Aid, like, you know, what's his name? He, he, he's got like an exclusive deal with Carano, that little weenie fuck Shapiro. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Well, like here. Oh, yeah. So here's the <laughs> if you go to the box office mojo for the movie that she made with. All right. Hit us. I don't with know. Who, it's the total wor- worldwide gross was thirteen thousand one hundred and fifteen dollars <laughs> total worldwide. And this and dummy, like, this dummy had a lifelong career as a Star Wars character. Yeah. And it's like, look, I understand that, like. You, you like, you know, people have certain political views and like when those like when people get, you know, jumped on by their employers for their political views and their outward standings on certain things like that, that you're going to have like, you know, a, a, a bad relationship with that place moving forward. But like all that you've proven after you've left Star Wars as Gina Carano is that like nobody cares about the stuff that you do like you were. You were like a pioneer in women's MMA 20 years ago. And like since then, you've been like you got bit you got like bit parts in Deadpool where you weren't even given lines to speak. And then after Deadpool, you didn't do anything like Lucasfilm literally tossed you a lifeline to save your career. You couldn't hold up your angle on that. And then after that, you have literally gone on to produce a movie and put it out last year, a movie that only made $13,000 in its worldwide release. Like, so like, and it's not like if the movie made a million dollars that I would think of her any higher or it would change my opinion on her. But it's just like, all that you've done is proven that like you, you don't have the ability to like function in like normal society in a way that any employer will be able to like safely employ you. But <laughs> like, Nick, I don't know. You're infringing on her freedom of speech. I did. No, we're not. We're just, it's, it's, it's called real life. It's called consequences. You gotta remember. It's like, look, companies don't, care. don't adhere to the constitution. They're, they, they're private companies for a reason. That's why America's yeah. great. They can kind of do what they want as long as they're not murdering people. So Nick is exactly right. You, she's allowed to say, look, no one's locked her up, right? She hasn't yeah. spent any time in jail for, you know, saying all that stuff about the, the, the Jews and mask and all that stuff. This goofy shit, no jail time, but there are, there are other consequences. And as Nick said, it's called, you turn yourself in the kryptonite, especially in the entertainment industry. Yeah. So she she I is mean, more like, than free to say whatever she wants, shoot her guns, do whatever you want to do. As long as you're not hurting other people. And like, there's a, there's a perception out there that this is only related to like celebrity, but now that happens for fucking everybody. Like if a viral video comes out with somebody like yelling, like with somebody like getting into a fight or like yelling a bunch of like racial slurs or doing anything like they get tracked down and they, or, or like 
it goes viral and their employer sees it and they get fired because they don't want their brand represented by somebody like that. Like, and that would happen to me. Like if I said some incendiary shit on here and then it gets back to my employer, do you think that I'm not, they're not going to have a conversation with me about that? Like, it's right. not just a celebrity thing. It's an everybody thing. Well, it's it's like, always look, funny, Nick, when they put something in their bio, like, uh, these views don't represent my employer. It's like, well, like that, that doesn't, doesn't make a fucking shit. difference. That's not like yeah. a legal statement, idiots. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that doesn't do anything. Like it's, it's like, but, but yeah, Disney doesn't believe that. It's like, yeah, Disney doesn't believe that to a point to where they fired you now <laughs> because like I just it's it's always it's always been like a crazy thing to me that like they've positioned this as cancel culture when really it's just like the consequences of your own actions that we've been taught about since we were children. Like when I was a kid, my parents would teach me like, hey, if you go out, like if you go out on the playground and you start uh, a fight with somebody, then that like what happens in that fight is a consequence of your own action. Or if you start making fun of people then if they come back and they they hit you that is a consequence of your own action and like it se- it seems like like famous adults have forgotten that like forgotten the most basic rule of when you were a child like it, it's been like that since you were a kid and now the stakes are higher so like why would you act any differently <laughs> yeah it- it's I, I'm, I'm just reading some of these quotes smiling from this episode. So just to give everyone a better picture of how this ended up, I'll kind of read the end, then we can move on here. But I guess eventually uh, there's a scene with Bob Iger. Someone's like, he's all pissed. They're like, we don't understand it, sir. We keep making the same movie over and over and pandering to everyone. But suddenly it's not working. And then he goes, then we've got to pander harder. Mm. And like I said, it turns out that the multiverse rip that Cartman and the boys get mixed up in was caused by Kathleen Kennedy because she found Disney's secret pander stone, which the studio has been using to remake the same ideas over and over in ways that try to appeal to the largest audience possible. And then this, they had an alt-universe Kennedy who apparently her note on every franchise project was, put a chick in it, make her lame and gay. <laughs> <laughs> I love South Park. But then, like I said, when Cartman eventually does meet the real Kennedy, she points out that the overwhelming amount of backlash she's received for her well-intentioned efforts then came the hate mail, ugly letters from racists who couldn't stand that some of the Panderstones rehashes had diverse women characters in the lead. I decided I would make movies that fight all bigotry in our society, but instead of doing the real work, I instead turned to the Panderstone. I was fighting with the wrong tool. All I ever wanted was to make great entertainment, but as soon as you start getting piles of hate mail, endless messages calling you the C word, you can't think straight. I'm sorry. I was so reckless with the things you love. It was just lazy. And then that's where Cartman goes. Well, I'm sorry I wrote all those letters. I guess <laughs> just railing on woke stuff all the time is pretty lazy too. And it's like, there you go. I mean, obviously they do it in, in a in a shock and all type of way, which I get that that is South Park. But in the end, I honestly think the message they're selling in this episode was, listen, there, there is a bit of a problem here. Like studios do need to, to stop this pandering stuff. And, and you know this show. We're, we're pretty fucking liberal here. I'm all about, you know, people of color, women getting their chances. But I have always thought it's weird. To like, hey, let's, let's remake Superman as, as this person. It's like, well, why? Make another character of, of the race or the gender you want. 
Um, I I do wonder, Nick. Holy shit, Carver Tate, twenty dollar, woo 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 woo. Thank Carver you, Tate. thank you, thank you, my man. We'll get some hearts, hundreds. We'll get some little yay party times. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Twenty bucks to make up for the shows I've missed live. I love you guys. Keep up the great work. We love you too, Carver. Thank you. We really do appreciate that type of shit. Uh, or, or stuff. I don't want to call it shit, but you know, we're stupid. <laughs> that and we're, support. We, yeah, we, we talk <laughs> like we cavemen, so it is what it is. See you see you later, League. We love you. Um, yeah, so so that's that, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I might I might watch it just to see kind of how it plays out. Uh I, I do wonder though, Nick, do you feel do you feel like Kathleen did this with 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 Star Wars and Indiana Jones? Because I necessarily do not. I mean, I know it was a female lead. There's a, a black guy, a, a Latino guy. But it, for the story of the sequel that I think they wanted to tell, it kind of made sense to me. You you had to have a new cast. Yeah. Yes, you should have used the old casts a little more wiser and a little more fan service centric wise. But I I don't necessarily, and this is me, I don't personally feel like Kennedy was necessarily pandering on the 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 sequels, the TV shows, or Indiana Jones, but that's, that's yeah. I me. mean, to me, and like, I don't like work in the dark side of the web too much, but like to me, like all of like the 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 more public backlash against the sequels seem to be around just the story itself, like this, like the composition of the story and like the through line, well, you know, Hey, raise and Mary Sue. You can't have a black storm trooper. I guess initially you got a little bit of that in TFA or, or like yeah, after I mean, the first I guess, trailer. Like, yeah. I guess like the, there, what, yeah. I mean, with, with the first trailer that showed John and the Stormtrooper armor, that definitely got some backlash, but I don't like after the movies actually released, I don't feel like the, the general feedback negative like even like a majority of the negative feedback was around like well this movie sucks because she's a girl it was more like this movie sucks because it's like for tfa it was like this movie sucks because it's a remake or it's too similar to a new hope and then it was the the next one was this movie sucks because luke skywalker sucked in it you ruined luke skywalker and then with tross it was more like this movie just sucks like this movie sucks because the Palpatine stuff made no sense. So like, I feel like the, the more general negative feedback around those movies didn't have to do with like the diversity angle of it, because I really don't even think it's like what in that whole movie franchise, you had how many black characters? Like you had two, three, you had, you had, um, Jana, and then you had Billy D. Williams, who was already <laughs> yeah, in Star three. Wars. You, you nailed it, Bing, Bing, Bing. <laughs> it's like there were three black people in the whole fucking series. Like there was John Boyega, who's one of your leads, and then the other two didn't come in until the fucking last movie. <laughs> like, so that, it's not I, I like, guess that, that's my point. I mean, I, I understand why they targeted her because she has been the the brunt of the troll. Against Thank Disney. you, Devin. Oh shit! Fifteen dollars. Look at this oh one. Oh my gosh. We 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 got you know. Uh, Lee can... started it. Carver comes in with that big swinging dick, and now Devin Doty. Woo woo. Devin woo. with the kissy face. Woo. Thank you. We bud. love you too, brother. Kisses one of all our the wrenches. way. Thank you so much. Yeah, he is he is special. He does have that wrench. He does uh, have so the wrench. We speak your but name. Yeah, was, we love you. It, it, like 
if you if you actually go through those movies and like in review the diversity and inclusion angle of it, it is like whatever. Like there were three black people I, in prominent roles to the whole thing. You had Oscar Isaac, who is who's like a, of like Latin heritage, but like who like what I don't know. It's just, it didn't feel like it was over. Like that they didn't make all of the bad guys women. Like right, it, like, that's my I don't point. Know. Like I. I as I said, I understand why South Park chose her. It did feel like she kind of fell on the sword for all of Disney yeah, studio yeah, she, execs. Cause I, I really don't feel the pandering that they're talking about, which I, which I do think exists popped up in, in the sequels, the TV shows, you name it. I, I mean, maybe they, they put a black woman in Kenobi. Is that pandering? I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say uh, like, maybe it, they like look at Riva cause Riva was like a, you know, like typically in that, the Imperial superstructure, you don't have women that are in positions yeah, of power. Not, like that's that. not like, like rebooting or telling the same story. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually putting it's something like a, new in. So I, yeah, I don't exactly. Know. It's like a brand new know. character. And it's like, if you have, cause then it, then it is a problem. It's like, okay, well, do you have problems with like brand new characters being added to existing franchises? Right. To that me, that's not color? a reboot. Like, that, what that's, is, that's trying something new. It's like if Matthew Vaughn went back and rebooted the original trilogy and they changed Luke Skywalker to be a girl and then Han Solo to be a girl and then Leia was the was a guy and was in distress and they flipped that whole dynamic then right. yeah like that's, absolutely you have something to pander about or that's like pandering, something yes. to get upset about like <laughs> and you're pandering towards the female gender Luke like, Skywalker Leia Skywalker and yeah. and Han Solo <laughs> it's like at that point like yes then there is an issue but i just don't like with the sequel trilogy in particular, like I can't, it's like how many female characters were in it? You had Billy Lord who played Lieutenant Connick's, who was like a tertiary character at best. You had Ray, who was your main, you had Leia who was in two and a half movies, right? Leia. And and is Leia. And then you had general Holdo. You had four female characters in prominent positions. Like I just don't understand. So like from that angle, I don't get it. You have three black people. You have four women in prominent roles. I mean, I guess you could say Maz Kanata was a female, but Maz Kanata was an alien. Who black like female voicer. Yeah, a black female voicer. <laughs> like you, so you had like four women in positions of of prominence in the in the series, and then you had one Latin American person in Oscar Isaac. I just right. like. I don't know. Like I've never actually gone back and tried to remember like, Oh my gosh, was this chalk a block full of DEI stuff? And like, after thinking about it for even a moment, it really wasn't no. <laughs> like that. Okay. So you're, you're, you're with me. That That's kind of where I was at. And, and as I said, I, I understand why South park did what they did. It just seems like she, she, because she already is the punching bag among star Wars fans and Indiana Jones fans. Now, it probably just made the most sense. They knew like, Hey, that that's a buzzword that's going to resonate. And in the end creators create to get a reaction. I mean, we, we do the same thing, whether we say we don't, we're, we're still trying to get people to react to our content. Yeah. I guess we just don't say crazy enough shit or, or make things that interesting. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's I don't a, get it. But yeah, I, I, I felt the same way. I'm like, I don't necessarily feel like what Disney has done with star Wars could fall into their pandering. Some of the other stuff. Sure. Not what they did with with Star Wars, so yeah. Um, who know, who so, knows? But it, it played well with the far right, which doesn't yeah. <laughs> surprise me at all. Not at all. Jar, but Bat was asking about Jar Jar, so I think like 
I think that at this point, there is an understanding that Jar Jar, I don't know what George Lucas's intentions for Jar Jar were other than making a character. Oh, he, he definitely, you remember the heat. I mean, you guys would have been yeah, younger, he, but he, he, he got heat. He was accused of essentially making them Ebonic speaking black characters. Essentially. Exactly. And like, I don't know if what the intention was behind that character, but I know that like the general like thesis by everybody who saw it was like, you just made fun of the black race with Jar Jar Banks and the entire Gungan race. Right. Like, and I don't think that that was an attempt to pander to- towards those people. I just don't think that, I, one, I don't know what his intention was because I think that there is, for pandering, there has to be an intention to speak to a certain audience. I just don't think that George Lucas fucking got any idea. No, Like, had no, any he, idea what the fuck he, he was doing. He was he trying was to make pro- a kid's character. Right. And he just fucking, he ran right into a brick wall. He, he was like, sitting on the toilet going, hey, what... It- what if this guy talked like Husa, Yusa, Busa, Musa? He's like, that sounds kind of fucking funny. Let's let's run with it. And then when you really hear it, it's like, oh, they they do like this. whoa. Yeah, hey George, <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you trying to make a, an ebonics point here or what? But yeah, it's like, and it's like obviously, you know, Ahmed Best, uh, a black man, played that character. So like, you had like. You had the weird fucking decisions that he made in terms of like the the race creation of the Gungans, and then you oh, also hey, Master on, Anakin, what you need me to do now, good sir? It's like oh, yeah, it, it was George, just like chill. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like honestly, if that was his attempt to pander, then holy shit, like fucking, he did the complete opposite of, of pander. Remember, he like George is a white guy race. from from another era. Although I mean, he he grew up in California, so I would assume he's he's pretty pretty left leaning i don't think what george did with the gungans was intentional i just it's george it's just george i really do um yeah i mean a lot of people in the live stream chat you know carver got one in here they, they are bringing up the point that at least in the ot some of the alien or and the prequels some of the aliens races you i guess you could argue did turn teeter on being a, a bit of a racist depiction yeah exactly so like the, i would i, I, would dude, I think it's say the that product that was the of, opposite of pandering yeah <laughs> like, i think it's the product of his era sadly i mean you gotta remember i think lucas was born in what like the fucking 20s or 30s i mean he's he's getting up there um, yeah i mean it's uh, like i don't yeah it's it was th- that whole situation like with those characters and like that time period was just very weird. And like, I, yeah, I, that yeah, was hey. yeah 20 years ago. And I think it was like, I mean, what, like the nineties felt like, and I, I think I've said this before, like the nineties was like a, was like a very safe cultural time too. So like there wasn't a lot of like firebrand stuff around, like, you know, around race and everything like that in the nineties. So maybe he just didn't even think, maybe it wasn't even top of mind for him. Like I have no idea. Like now, it's just, it's, I mean, listen, it's, it's always been racist everywhere. I think the night it really it's until we had the platforms where every fucking shithead on the planet could sit there on their soapbox and scream into the ether. It was nice to just kind of keep that contained to their own little circles. So it really is the explosion of the internet, social media. That's what's drawn all this shit out into the open it's always been there like it's not like these yeah these, these older people younger people became racist overnight it's just the culture now we have everyone has a fucking microphone essentially 
to get on, say whatever they want, whenever they want, and it can get picked up and seen by millions. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I still have Paramount Plus for whatever reason. I just like lighting money on fire. So uh, maybe I'll throw it on here because I I, I do, from what I've read, reading some of the the synopsis, the, the quotes here. I think it's a that they're making a a pretty intelligent episode here to get you to think about this type of stuff. Both the the idiot woke fucks that just scream that and really have no solutions, and then the studios that have gotten a little lazy and are like, you know what, let's just keep retreading shit to pander and make as much as as we can, and and hopefully seeing that hey, some of these movies aren't quite making the the cash. Maybe we'll get away from that get into some new yeah. ideas but i didn't quite see the angle with the star wars stuff and um and uh oh, man. indiana jones like the, the new indiana jones how like i know people are like well there's a girl in it now but literally like y- you had to do that and harrison is still indie he still does his stuff he still does the action it, it made tons of sense to me considering he's 80 fucking years old but still i guess that was pandering now yeah, you, I don't know. You had, it's a, like, you had a female lead. I, I didn't pick up on that. I really didn't. I thought Dial of Destiny is actually pretty damn good. It didn't feel in my face like, hey, you need to you need to respect this, that, and the other thing. It was just an Indiana Jones yeah. movie with a really old Indiana Jones and a younger person that he knew throughout his yeah. life that made sense that they were on this adventure together. Yeah, I mean, it's Carver the same Tate, thing. What are you doing, bro? All right. Thank you. Shit, Thank we you can so retire much. after tonight. I mean, yeah, I know, Nick and right? I, I'm, I'm taking the rest of the fucking week off. We speak your eat name. Lunch. Shit. And eat food for the whole week. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, the indie part of it too is like indie's always had like, uh, but I guess that like the position that that the female characters in indie have always been put in was like, other than Karen Allen to a certain degree, was always like women in distress. And then like now Phoebe, Bri- like uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character was like, you know, more of, an, e- more of an equal. She was essentially yeah. she was an equal but younger version of who Indy was when he was yeah. her age. And I didn't. I I saw that parallel. I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, I guess I if know, you start making think... Indiana, calling them Indiana Jones, and she's Indiana Jones Elite? now. All right, well that yeah. that might be slightly pandering, but I I did yeah. not find Dial of Destiny to do that. Anyways, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just we yeah like it's I all know, stupid but... shit in the end when you really <laughs> think about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just for real. <laughs> who, who fucking cares? Like like the fact that people sit here and worry about woke or like worried that oh we have to watch something with a gay person or a woman. Like really, what deep down, what is wrong with you? Like what yeah, like, is it? Like, your religious indoctrination? What what happened to you as a as a human? That that's the type of stuff you let swirl in your head and it bothers you to the point where you vote for evil motherfuckers. Yeah, it's oh like well. I, I will never like if your criticism about anything is like story related, content related, based off of like inconsistencies with the story that they were telling versus source material. I'm totally fine with that. But like, you know, and I think that there are a lot of legitimate criticisms that you can throw towards the sequel trilogy based off of all of those things. Like, but I don't think that there's, there's like a legitimate criticism that you can throw at a lot of the, a lot of the new star Wars stuff purely based off of like DEI, like no, diversity. No, it, it, you're stuff. right. It, it was, it was story. We've, we've talked about it a million times. Kathy definitely has a lot of blame for sure with the sequels and the way she decided to hand out those stories. But 
I, I agree. It, it the sequels kind of let us all down because they they just they they felt disjointed. They they felt odd in the way it ended. It was just like ugh, vomit shit. We we kind of had a conversation today in Discord. I think it was League brought up that it, her favorite movie is of the sequels is is Tross, and she laid out her reasons. And I was like, hey. no, you're wrong. Actually, it's TFA. And it's it's 100% because of the Palpatine shit, and then they made Ray Literally, like, let, process this again. Ray is the product of a failed Palpatine clone vessel that fucked yep. another human. Like, that's where we got to in the sequel trilogy. That is yeah. fucking weird, stupid, lazy shit. It's just so dumb. It, it, it kneecapped Ray. She she went from being Ray from nowhere, like, hey, there's this hope. Anyone in this galaxy can tap into the force and be powerful at it. To know she's got the lineage and she came from an aborted clone vessel. Like <laughs> that what was like the fuck. Yeah, like that that storyline, I don't know how that came about. Like, I don't know why Chris Terrio and um JJ decided to take that route with it. The only thing that I can say about Ray especially in the closing moments of the movie that like is, is the, the, I think that a lot of people who are, who are parts of either who were adopted or were from like broken family homes, like saw some, saw a lot of like similarities or like they could connect with Ray. And I think that that is like, I don't know what, Chris or JJ's home life was like when they were children or like what their story, like their childhood stories were. But I know that like when the movie first came out and it was getting a shitload of hate and everything like that, one of the themes that I kept seeing from people who enjoyed it was based around like that part of it was like Ray is essentially an abandoned child from a broken home who has found family in her own way with people that she connects right. with and that people that, that have like taken her in and, and made them one of her own. And like, that's not something that I immediately connected with or like immediately made that connection to because I had a, like a more stable family life growing up, but from people who were from like, you know, came from foster homes or were part of broken homes and found family of their own and, and really like, made their life off of found family, I could see that being a very powerful connection to that character. Like the fact that she's a Palpatine clone baby is definitely still odd. <laughs> and I think that you could have still gotten, right. you could have gotten to like, you could have gotten her to that part to where like her identity, her, like her personal identity was based off of like a broken home and like, being an abandoned child, you could have gotten to that a different way than like you're an abandoned Palpatine clone baby. Like, I feel like that, that was like the squirrely Check. part of her character for sure. But I think that like the people who identified with her, even in the end, use that as like, that is, that is my identification point. So. Sorry, um, I'm getting uh yeah. if you're, if you're on the stream here, you might hear a radio going off. That's my kid. I said, okay, thank you. All right. Yeah. My, my kid just, when she gets home from school, after she does her chores and homework, she grabs her two way, gives me mine. She's like, all right, I'm out. I was like, all right, just let me know where you're at. So she was just <laughs> ringing in. She forgot that I was on 
on air. She's like, I'm going over to Amelia's. Like, okay, nice. ten four, good buddy. So sorry for that. Um, yeah, shit, that just completely knocked me out of the conversation we were having. So go ahead, Nick, carry on. I have no clue no, what, yeah. what just was said. It was deleted. No, yeah, just like coming to like closing out the stuff about the the like Ray. Oh yeah, like okay, Ray yeah, yeah. identifying Ray, like, with, yep, got you. Yeah, like found okay. family and stuff like that. So, um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like the sequel trilogy and like I'm like I, I can't get mad at people who have legitimate criticisms of it. But if they have like criticisms based off of things that just don't make sense, then like that's that's where my issue comes up with. Like Ray being a female lead character, like I don't think that that is I don't think that that's pandering. Like I think no. that that like you have started a new trilogy of characters and and you have now just like and the thing is, is like, you know, like. There was nothing ever out there that said like she's the first female Jedi ever. Like there were a shitload of female Jedi but still, in the sequel trilogy or the prequel trilogy. A ton. Like uh, Ahsoka Adigo is, is Ahsoka. like like there's a lot of them. So Deepa it's like Blaba. if you like so like there wasn't even like a like a leg to stand on there. And like you can't say that there was never a black stormtrooper. You've never seen any stormtrooper's face in the movies like ever. Right. The only time that you ever saw a stormtrooper's face was when they came up in the Clone Wars. And then like the, the ones that you did see their face in the uh in the prequel trilogy, they weren't one, they weren't even stormtroopers at that time. Two, they're clone troopers, all cloned off of a Maori guy. Like right. uh, cloned off of a New Zealand, like somebody from New Zealand with Maori heritage. So like if anything, they weren't white. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. That's it's a good just point. Weird. That's right. I mean there there was like ten million non whites in the prequels. Yeah. What do you think about that, Elon? Go, go follow that up. Yeah. <laughs> fuck the club. How about that now? Like people on the right are going to be like one plus one equals fuck. I can't like clones anymore. They're not white people. Yeah, Nick, just, like, Nick just shattered some people's worlds like, with that revelation. It's like, yeah. oh no, they weren't white guys. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I mean, do you want them to be white guys anyway? Like if you're a racist person and you, do you want stormtroopers to be white? They were the worst enemies in the history of movies. Like, it's like, come on. Well, like, I mean, I they just, probably were white because they couldn't aim. They couldn't shoot. You know what I mean? So it's very <laughs> there, there you go. All right, let's get out of here and get into some some fun talk about Star Wars. We're gonna we're gonna move into our part two of Ahsoka season two. Uh, I was gonna possibly run the notion that I think season two has been greenlit, but it hasn't showed up on Star Wars leaks yet, so I, I can't trust it. As sad as that sounds, Star Wars leaks does have its internal vetting system, and they're usually pretty good at at actually putting forth shit that is real. But there was a lot of chatter this week on on Twitter, at least. Fuck calling it formally, formally Twitter, now X. I, I, I can't believe we're still doing this. You know what I mean? Like, like people that write, will you stop that shit? X, formerly known as Twitter. Just, just kill the brand like he wants it to die. Just keep calling it X now. Who gives a fuck? Or call it Twitter. Quit doing this formally this or formally that. Who gives a shit? All right? He's a fucking idiot. He's a marketing idiot. They actually just came out like a year in review since he bought it. Twitter is now worth like fifteen billion dollars. Yeah, and, and he it was, spent forty four to get it. Yeah, he, it's lost like fifty six percent of its value in so, a year. Pretty I know impressive. There's, there's probably some <laughs> Elon Bros out there, and good for you. But there you go. There's your fucking genius. And yeah, those it, people it, are like, oh well, yeah, he's got the money. Who fucking cares? 
he literally torched $44 billion. Like, is that, yeah, a, is that smart? Does that lead to genius? I don't know. I, I don't a lot know. of questionable decisions on, on that platform. Yeah, I, for sure. I don't know, but, man, but like, I don't it's, know. it's a hell of a haven now for the, uh, the far right and cat turds of the world. So good for him. Uh, all right, dude. So like, like we promised last week in our Ahsoka season two, what should happen? Part one, we covered the pretty gang. So Ahsoka, Sabine, the turtles, the Tuscan samurai, Shin and Balin. And we just kind of discussed what we think should happen. If we do get a second season, if Ray is recast RIP, uh, and it was fun. And I think we had some good ideas. We've been putting out some of our clips from that conversation. So make sure to check out our socials, TikTok, Star Wars Time Show, Instagram, Star Wars Time dot show, and YouTube, Star Wars Time Show. So this week, we're going to put this to bed by covering what is called the New Republic and Thrawn gang. So Ezra, Hera, the New Republic, and then Thrawn and the Remnant and that type of shit. The Night Sisters, Enoch. What are they going to be up to? Holy hell. I don't know, but but Carver's funding going here. He's funding our show for the next five years with all these drops. Thank you again so much. Thank you for the $10, Carver. It is very, very much appreciated. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the same age as me, and it sounds like he kind of thinks like I do, so I I, I get it. I I think he's appreciating our our genius right now, and I'm not going to deny his right to, to keep... Uh, mm-hmm. donating just know we we appreciate you we love you and your views are definitely acceptable on this channel you will not be banned all right so nick i, I wrote down some thoughts to kind of get the conversation started here like i said we're focusing on the known galaxy in ahsoka season two what's going to be happening here is, is hair and ezra finally going to be able to muster the new republic is thrawn going to fuck around on dathomir make it his base i don't know so let's get into it uh, we are going to start looking at things from the perspective of the good guys, okay? So, you know, Nick, I jotted some of these down. Some of them are a little bit longer just so I wouldn't forget my thoughts. I'll be interested to see what you think. But the first one here, I think at least when it comes to Ezra, I do think he is going to be most concerned with Thrawn's return and how to deal with that. But I do think there's going to be a, a a side plot where we we get insights into like deep down he he really also wants to go back go back or somehow get his friends back into the known galaxy. But I do think Ezra will be on board to focus on the Thrawn threat to begin with. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a lot to be addressed. Like obviously we see him and like the reunion between him and Hera as soon as you know he comes off that ship. And that kind of closes out season one, but there's definitely a lot of like internal type of stuff that we should get some views on from, from, uh, Ezra. Like, okay, not only did you just like, you know, you're the one who made it back after what, 20 plus years of being abandoned on, uh, like in a different galaxy on a planet where the only other person that you know is, is one of your sworn enemies. Like, but now you have, left some of your like one of your best friends there and then ahsoka who was also a very close friend of yours and like how is he dealing with that and how is that affecting his ability to like live in the moment with what's going on now with thrawn's arrival um and i think that like if we don't get any of that 
like I wouldn't be surprised if they don't dive too deeply in in into that kind of stuff because it is like a little bit more of like an internal monologue that that Ezra may be dealing with. But yeah, that's that's I don't I I know. mean obviously he'll probably go to Hare and if Zeb comes around like hey guys like I know we got to deal with this but what, what's the, what's the side plan to get our friends back because we're gonna need them for this fight. Uh, but but I do think. He's mostly going to be on board because, listen, he knows he is the proof. He is the evidence that Thrawn has returned. That's all Hera has needed. She's got it now. So I think they're going to kind of run with that to hopefully start mustering support. And that, that kind of leads into my next point, Nick. I think Ezra and Hera are going to be leading the talks missions. But even though it's proven he's back, I still think they're going to be running into problems with the Senate. Uh, I yeah. still think Ziano is going to be a dickhead. I, I, I still think the New Republic is going to be sitting there kind of wavering on their course of action. Let's go talk to Thrawn instead of just full force, blow up his one fucking ship, end it right before it starts. So uh, I, I do think even though that is the solution the New Republic should seek, I, I think Ezra and Hare, even with the proof that he's back, they're still going to run into the bureaucracy. Yeah. And like, I don't want to make too many, like I remember, you know, a couple episodes ago, I went into like a very deep, like Harry Potter comparison between Thrawn and Voldemort and like how their stories kind of married each other, like gone for a while coming back. Nobody believes they're going to come back, but like you could see something similar to what happened in that series as well, where it's like, he's back. Like, and people know that he's back, but he hasn't, made himself open like widely known yet because like we see him come in whoom dathomir is right in front of him and that ship essentially goes straight from peridia to dathomir so like if he hasn't splashed yet and all that you know is like this guy who's been missing for a while like who who went missing with ron is now back like if, if you know, if he's the only one out there saying like, he's back, he's back, he's back. Like the new Republic may be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like if he's back, why hasn't he started attacking us yet? If he's back, why isn't there this huge force of, you know, Imperial remnant that have, that have come back together and started to take, you know, uh, steps in the galaxy to, to make themselves known. So like, we have to see like a couple of things, like what is Thrawn's play? Because if you go straight to Dathmir and it's like, okay, now we have to like, open these coffins, hatch these eggs, whatever the fuck is in those boxes. <laughs> like, you know, eggs, they're xenomorphs, right? Yeah, they're face huggers. Exactly. Like, you know, we got to, or we have to, whatever, reawaken all of these, right. like w- what we are assuming are soldiers. Like there could be a period of time where like he's back in the galaxy and it's just in like prep mode and, and isn't really like, you know, out there yet and really hasn't made his splash yet. Dude, since you're already on this, let me just read it and we'll just run with this one and and get back. But you, you hit on to an exact point I had. So as Nick was saying, I I do think we will start to see the extent of Thrawn's deal with the night sisters. All right. What, what are in those caskets that he promised them that he would load up and bring back on their return journey? As Nick said, more than likely, it's it's probably Night Sisters in stasis. And yeah. as I've been saying, it's either to begin rebuilding Dathomir or Thrawn's dark magic army. 
and and I'm leaning a little bit more towards the dark magic army okay. part of it. So, because, do, Nick, do you think before you get into that, do you think yeah. Dathomir is going to be his new base of operation? Then I I think it is at least until there is a more cohesive force of Imperials that he can like rely on. Right. Um, so I think that, that like for the initial part of season two, I mean, this is all working under the expectation that there is a season two, like just (laughs) like just to put that out there. Cause I know that there's question marks around season two, if it's going to happen, whatever. Um, but I do think that like for the majority of season two, or maybe even maybe just the first half that Dathomir is going to have to be his home base. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I that's definitely I mean. agree that's with that. That's kind of what I was getting at. Like there we're through those, those moments, those scenes kind of setting up ops on Dathomir. We're, we're going to learn a bit more, hopefully about his deal with the night sisters and the plan for those with 380, 400 or so caskets, which more than likely are some form of, of shit kicking undead, dark magic motherfuckers. I don't know if it's, full-on night sister zombies which are almost impossible to kill at least yeah. in, in swago or if it's like another warrior class we don't know like a bunch of other mothers like talzine that have their own fucking blades that are i mean nick you, you could almost you could almost argue and again i'm i'm an heir to the empire idiot i know about luke and you know thron was doing some cloning and shit to kind of give himself a a force user advantage do you feel like if if these if this is a dark magic army, is this essentially the replacement for Luke? I would think so because like he thinks this is going to give him an edge against any force users left in the galaxy. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where I was getting with this is like, it would be an odd deal to strike with the night sisters that like, okay, I'm gonna load up all this shit. We're going to jump back in my ship and once we get back to Dathmir, then like, yeah, you guys can go back to your own devices. And then I'm just going to try to hook up with the Imperial Remnant and like make some ruckus. Because like in a, in a very real sense, Thrawn would have to realize that like if I come back in with nothing except what's already there, I don't stand a chance. Like there are like the New Republic has disrespected the Imperial Remnant to a degree that they've started to demilitarize. And if like, if he comes back and all he has to like, you know, make noise with in this galaxy upon his return is like just the, the remnant, then he's probably not going to have a very successful foray. So I would assume that he's made some sort of deal with the night sisters. Like, Hey, I'm going to help you get back in. But like, I also need your, like, I need your continued support. Your team Thrawn motherfuckers. It's like, you're on my side. Yeah, you're right. Because like you said, I mean, the the 12, 15 years he spent there, resources were being wasted. Troops were being lost. If you notice, like the Chimera doesn't have its own hyperdrives left. If if you really go back and watch that scene, it can only drive with its propulsion engines. It needed the ring not only to jump galaxies, but just to get hyperspace capability, period. So his ships busted. He doesn't have a full contingent of of Imperial uh, troops on his Star Destroyer anymore. So he would need forces from another faction. And I, I do think the Night Sisters might be scratching that itch. And and we'll like I said, we'll we'll get back to the Thrawn stuff, but I do think he'll ultimately 
get his full navy back through Paleon and the Shadow Council. But let, let's let's stick with the good guys here. So, like you know, Ezra and Hare, they're obviously going to be the leads, but they're going to be running up against the bullshit. We had to just let's prepare to hate Ziano and the Senate even more in season two. I think John and Dave will have panhandled enough that we will get the full, um, well, I guess at least Zeb's side of the reunion in season two. It, it would seem silly at this point not to have Zeb, a, a trainer, a leader within the New Republic uh, Air Force, if you will, not coming to at least see his bro and, and, and say hello. I, I would think Zeb actually becomes a much bigger player in season two because of how the, the known galaxy and the, and the good guys are going to have to kind of posture themselves to start dealing with the return of Thrawn. Yeah. I mean, the, the Zeb angle of this is very interesting. Like, cause the Zeb, the Zeb part of this is all, has always been like, he should have been here already. Yeah. And now, and now we're <laughs> like been with Tava. Yeah. He should have been with Tava. He should have been with Hera. He should have been a lot of places, and I don't know why he hasn't come back in yet. But on the good guy side, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that that like could that could be like interesting to see, like, and that'll give us a, a heads up on like how important is the, or like how serious is the New Republic taking this, like, because if Zeb is like sequestered off with Trava, just training, and, like, still. yeah, is like doing New Republic stuff. And is like working on like New Republic stuff, and he hasn't even heard about the the return of Thrawn yet. Then that may give us an idea of like how seriously the New Republic is taking this information that's coming from Hera and from now Ezra. Because one, we know that the New Republic doesn't take anything that Hera says seriously. Like that was you're the right. First I mean, even <laughs> with Ezra walking off that ship in busted armor, they're probably still gonna be like, "Well, where's where's Thrawn's ship? We don't see it." Yeah, we and don't like, see also him. Gonna, we don't like, see the blue guy. So liars. Yeah, and like Ziono is gonna be like, "Who the fuck are you?" Like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> like, Ziono probably doesn't even like. He may have an idea of who Ezra Bridger is, but he's not gonna be like, like, wh- why should like why should he believe anything that Ezra has to say? This guy's been gone for twenty plus years. This guy, like when he when he disappeared, was a kid still. Like, I just don't know if like there is any true weight behind Hera and Ezra showing up and saying like Thrawn's back other than, you know, other than to Mon Mothma herself, because I don't think that those people on that council really care about it. Um, so that is going to have it a bit like how that conversation goes down with Hera and with Ezra, if he's there to the new Republic is going to be a very big indication of like, are we, are we dealing with like, a new Republic who is receptive to the idea that yeah. there is a new threat on the I, table. I think, I think they're going to be apathetic. I do. Yeah. I, Cause that didn't. And I, I think I might be making this up, but I'm almost positive. Even Z- Ziono was like, so what if Thrawn makes it back? The, the remnants so scattered, what's one grand Admiral going to do? I, I think yeah. something along those lines. So you are right. It probably is going to be the same messaging. Like, yeah, who gives a shit? But then nothing's also, happened yet, right? So why should we dedicate resources? This is something that like I think you may be leading to in terms of like or or you know what it what it could lead to really and like something that we've talked about previously is like 
if the New Republic response really is that, then this is really where we're going to get the the spark of the resistance. I, I think I think so. I actually think that's we. I, I we'll get there, but I have something with Leia, and I, I I think that's a nice little kind of addition to to one of our theories. So hold on to that real quick. Uh, next one here, Ezra will explore the force with Jason Syndulla, but it's not going to be like a main plot point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that like Jason's an interesting character just because he is like the one Jedi, like true, like Jedi lineage character. That's like on like really front and center here that, that could be explored, but I don't know if they're going to do it. But I do think that there is going to be some interactions between J- Ezra and Jason, especially now that like, I don't, did Ezra, I'm trying to remember, like Ezra never even met Jason because he was no. already gone yeah. before Jason was born. Right. Like, so he's going to like come back and be like, there, there's probably going to be like this, this moment of realization, like when he meets Jason that like, oh my God, this could be a kid that like is, you know, the future of the Jedi potentially. Um, so I do think that there is going to at least be some very interesting interactions. I'll say early on in the series with Jason and Ezra for sure. Carver Tate just keeps like literally number one fan. So keep it coming, buddy. We love you. No, seriously, you don't, you don't have to give us any more, but we love you. We speak your name. Yes. Um, Thank you so much for the support and yeah, I just, and everything. I, I just have a feeling that Ezra, you know, obviously being a force user himself him and jason have to at least link talk possibly have a light conversation about kanan maybe ahsoka force hey can i train something like that but like i said it's not going to be a main a main plot focus main narrative thread in ahsoka season two here's the next one and sadly i don't think this is going to happen but it should right this is nick and i telling everyone what should happen maybe dave will hear maybe he'll take these notes but I, I do feel like Ezra has to learn a fucking Luke Skywalker at some fucking point and possibly face a choice to seek him out for help or to even just join his cause. Um, this could this could possibly be because of the return of the Doom Wolf on Lothal. I could see them trying to do this like Ezra goes back to Lothal, kind of re-inhabits his deal and and doom comes back because that's the way we know kind of Kanan can talk to him because I don't think Kanan can be a force ghost I don't believe so I don't think he he got the training or knew how to do it yeah it, he he didn't check all the boxes right we we know he can yeah. do the disembodied voice okay from from Tross but we don't necessarily know if he can ghost it's not a huge deal but I I, I could see Ezra possibly be guiding at least on a, a on a force journey or force discovery maybe learning more about the, the skywalkers you would think that that would make sense narratively and and it would be really cool if it was done through the frame of of, of doom the wolf kind of his, yeah. his force spirit guide after kanan passed at least in in star wars rebels but do, do you think nick they'll will they broach us at all i mean will, will there be any Ezra asking about Luke or being told about Luke and then going like, wouldn't you think someone that's been gone for 15 years, someone that's their same age, literally saved the galaxy as a Jedi, you're both Jedi. Would you not want to link up? 
even in I this mean, time of turmoil with Thrawn, wouldn't go, hey, why aren't we calling that fucker then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I think, like, logically, yes. Like, logically, the fucking first thing that I would do if I was Hera or if I was even fucking Leia, like, like Leia is Leia in has their a circle. relationship with Ezra from Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, so like as soon as Ezra's back and then and then it filters down to Leia that Ezra's back and Thrawn is also back, logically the first fucking call that Leia's making is like, Hey bro, big deal happening here in the galaxy. Yeah. We need you can, yeah. we need your help. Can you just let the bots build your shit on your <laughs> yeah. own and maybe rejoin the galaxy for a little it's bit? Like, I swear the rocks will be stacked right. when you get back. Well, like if you, if you think about deal. Nick, he's he's just foreshadowing what he's going to be doing in the future when Leia needs his help. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nothing. Like, Time out. I'm Luke. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But like in an, in like a narrative sense, like from a, from like a writer's perspective, I truly think that as soon as you, as, as you bring up Luke, it fucks everything or as up. soon as like Luke enters the picture, it's the, it's the Luke show. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to, it to balance that. But can't and we, it's like, we can't just let him talk about him though or learn about him? Would that break? Maybe, it? yeah. I think that like if he does learn about him like through, but then it's like if if he learns about him through the Doom Wolf or even through like like some other like mystical means that's not like direct communication with like superiors within the New Republic government, yeah. then it's safe because then it is more of just like you're learning about these things. Okay. But then, but then it's just like, does he not like, but that's the thing is like that, that's the Luke problem that like go, if you haven't seen the clip yet, or if you missed the episode that, that I had the Luke discussion, go to our Instagram. One of our pin posts is the problem with Luke Skywalker in this time period. And just go watch that. Um, but that's the problem is like, if you're Ezra, and you find out that there is a Jedi master who is out in this galaxy and is actively looking to rebuild the, the, the Jedi order. It's not your first question. Like, well, where's that fucking guy? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that you are right. I mean, that's where the narrative of the Amanda verse gets squirrely and we could sit here and spin our wheels all night long, but it, it is a problem. He, he, as Nick described is the Superman of Star Wars for the most part in this time yeah. period. And if you have a Superman, why aren't you using him? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I uh, think- Nick, you could, you could write the same scene as Mandalorian season two, episode eight, red five shows up in the docking bay of the chimera and wins. Yeah, exactly. Like that's all you have to do. Who it's like, you don't even have stop to stop him. Yeah. It's like, what, what what's going to stop him? Some fucking zombies, like some night sister bullshit. Like, no, because we also know that like after this is not when he gets broken after this, he is at his most motivated yeah, so peak. much so that, that like he is recruit actively recruiting force sensitive, like kids actively training people, actively building out this entire, uh, this, this new Jedi order. So it's not like he disappears from the galaxy at this point. Like he's, he's actually in the galaxy training, being prominent and like taking new recruits in. So it's like, I almost think that, that like the Luke stuff is going to be like the very end because I like the way that they're probably going to treat it is like, we're going to do everything that we can. And it's not even going to be, they're not even going to say this, but they're going to do everything in their power 
to try to stop this on their own without reaching out to Luke. Uh, yeah, you're and it's right. and it's going to be like we're going to try. We're going to you know like Zeb and you know Adelphi Squadron are going to come in, and then we're going to bring in you know like. Ezra's gonna cut like we got our own Ahsoka Jedi. Ezra, return yeah. out of nowhere, yeah. and that's they still not back. enough. But then, and, and, yeah, and then it's like, okay, here comes Luke. He's like, yeah, it's like, wow. okay, then, wow. Now he cuts fucking star destroyers out of the sky with a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like because at that point, his, his it's eyes like, are popping out of his head. He's like, ugh, ugh, fucking squishing everyone with the force, like force unleashed. Ugh. Dude, I mean, it's like he's yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go like full force unleashed star killer like super mega mode. But it's That'd be but yeah, I mean, I don't know because I just like if he comes in for five minutes and then he leaves, like, is that a satisfying way to use that character? And you I know, know, like it, it's very problematic. And as much as we loved that moment in the, in, in the Mandalorian, as Carver's kind of bringing up here in the chat that Pandora's box is open. So it, it's hard for us as fans not to think that, all right, you already, you already used the loot card twice. Uh, yeah. w- what's going to keep you back from using it again? Nothing. I mean, yeah. it, it, and it just, it would be silly if Luke doesn't get involved in maybe as Nick said, maybe not Ahsoka season two, but if we, if we get the Dave's Mando verse kind of putting that the bed movie, you would think Luke is going to be involved in a galactic wide confrontation with the last bit of the Imperial remnant. Yeah. And like the only way I really do think that the only way to properly do it is to almost completely ignore him from like a logistics side, like how, like you can have the doom wolf side of it, but you would almost have to like, you would almost have to have the doom wolf put a fucking like asterisk on it. It's like, yeah, there's this guy, but you can't reach out to him. Yeah, leave, like, leave him alone. He's busy right like he's, now building or rock like, huts. Yeah, like or something where it's like you immediate, like you quickly address it, and then the addressing of it says he's unreachable. Like where, or yeah, yeah, like, we, well, we has Le- just just like the sequel, right? We can't we can't find them. Yeah, it's like well, has Leia <laughs> reached out to Luke yet? And then it's just like leia can't get in touch with him like Le- he's like leia doesn't know where he's at or something like that to where <laughs> it's, it's so, like it's so weird but I then it, it is it's like you now have to dance around it because yeah. like leia his sister and the person that he's also potentially training as a jedi at this time period like maybe like we don't know how that timeline works either because we know that she was trained to it as as a jedi or was training and then decided to not do it and this is right around that time period where oh, it's, it's happening. It has to be. It has to be. So, like, is Leia reachable? Is Luke but reachable? The, the <laughs> like, other thing, man, like, like back to the whole how Ezra should know about Luke. I mean, you would think as soon as he crosses into the galaxy as a force user, he's going to feel this this mega bright spot of light that did not exist when he left. Because you remember, oh, yeah. Luke didn't wake up until about a year after Ezra exiled himself. Yeah, like Luke's latent force abilities were not tapped into until right before the Battle of Yavin, and and but at that point, as we've as we've said, if Ezra comes back, he should feel that presence. Like it, it would be almost too hard to block out. Like Luke is that big of a light in the yeah. force that it would be impossible not to sense that he is there. 
So, yeah. Who knows? But yeah, I, you're, you're probably right. It'll probably all be ignored. Who cares? It's Luke. We know what he's up to. We know his abilities. And even though it's stupid narratively that he's not involved in this, because you would think, why the fuck not? It just it's not going to happen. It just it's not going to happen. Yeah, I really do this, think it's going to be a Superman effect. Yeah, he's like the red phone guy. He was like, oh, they, like you get to a point, it's like, all right, got to use the red well, phone. Like we said in, in Endgame, you know, we had all the heroes essentially almost dead. Captain America got his ass kicked. Iron Man ass kicked. Thor ass kicked. And then what happens? Because of Hulk's snap a little bit earlier and the magic of, of, of Doctor Strange and those people, they all show up right at the right moment to turn the tide. And, and I do think that's kind of how... Luke's going to be used. You know, I, I was, yeah. I was kind of hoping it would be Ahsoka and Sabine showing up at the end, but Nick came in. He's like, no, you can't do that. Cause then that's just, that's going to neuter Luke. Like it, you, you got to let Luke kind of have that job and he's right. And uh, I could, I could see that happening or I honestly, friends, I'm telling you right now, I could see Luke being completely ignored from, and I, here, like, from I, here on out. <laughs> like, that is what I would actually prefer is that he, I mean, but then like, you know, whatever, there's issues with that, but I would almost prefer well, hey, that Nick, they just not, completely ignored him. Think about it this way. If he does bow out, it plays into who he becomes a few decades down the road, right? Yeah. He, he, yeah, feels, I mean, he, I, he feels he's better off not being mixed up in galactic conflict because he could fuck shit up even more. So it does, it would kind of start playing into that mindset he ultimately got in that he self uh, uh, self exiled on Octo. Yeah. I mean that you, you could definitely like play it as that, but it, yeah, I mean like I would, I would actually prefer that Ezra gets back and like, you could play it that there's just like too much other shit going on that right. he just doesn't no, notice I, I agree. Luke's presence. I, I really just want him, someone to say, Hey, you're a Jedi. Do you know Luke Skywalker? Something like that. That's it. Like, just come on. It, it, it makes too much sense. Ezra already has a relationship with the Skywalker family through Leia Organa. Speaking of Leia Organa, my next one here, Nick, Leia's voice at least will have to play a larger role considering she's Minister of Defense, right? If you have a Grand Admiral returning from exile, the Minister of Defense needs to be involved in some of these discussions. So she can't just be on the sidelines with the mm -hmm. return of Thrawn and the eventual coalescing of the Remnant Empire. I don't know how they get around it. I don't know if it's, you know, the C-3PO proxy again, so we don't have to get in the deep fakes and this, that, and the other thing. But Leia, as the minister of the New Republic defense, how do you ignore that when the New Republic is going to be challenged with a a threat that could lead to war and the need to defend yourself. Yeah. Yeah. This is a hard one too, for sure. Because I mean, you could play it to where you just kind of run her character through holocom and it's just sure. like you get the blue, you know, the blue shadow and you use angles or, you know, at least with like a holocom, you can have a justification. I'd be okay. For doing, yeah. Like, you know, the, the deep fake CG stuff because she doesn't look real anyway. She's hollow and she's blue. But yeah, I mean, you're going to have to have like, I don't know if you're going to do a voice actor because you remember, what was the series? 
It was, it was re- one of the animated. It, it was Resistance, series. and she got Resi- yeah. she got canned. She actually works on the Stern Show. I mean, she's a very okay. good impressionist. I, f- I forget her name. Maybe one of the Nova or Bat will remember. But but yeah, she still actively does bits on on the Stern Show. That's where she was discovered and actually got a that lot a lot of this role. stuff, and then ultimately got the the the, the Leia voice role. But yeah, she fucked it up. Apparently, yeah. Nick, my sister knows the current animated Leia voice actress. So maybe I could, mm. I could uh, yeah, hit up that a, angle, reach, reach in that bag, hit that angle and a... see if she's had any Lucasfilm work over the, uh, the, yeah. the past few weeks. Cause I, I don't at this point, I don't know if they're comfortable using AI to replicate and cause that's what they did. I mean, they kind of well, did they're that using at the it end for, of Rogue One. Well, no, I mean, Nick, they used AI in both uh, uncanny Luke appearances in mandalorian for the voice and i think they used ai for vader's voice in kenobi yeah so for vader because i remember james earl jones gave permission for them to use ai for vader yeah but then for luke it was hamill did it but then they used ai to like edit it no to like get here's i here's how weird it was yes hamill delivered the lines the body double delivered the lines but they actually used AI based on Return of the Jedi Luke era, how Hamill talked when he was younger Yeah, to make the dialogue. So they did take old recordings to teach an AI. This is what Mark Hamill sounded like as Luke when Luke was this age. Yeah. But what I'm struggling with is like, like, I don't know what the right situation right. is I, with, I mean, with look, her. You know, and Carrie, she probably was like, hey, fuck it. Star Wars already owns my life. If this gets my estate or Billy some more cash, sure. Yeah. You can use you can use my voice. What, what the fuck would Carrie care? She would probably laugh at yeah. it. She'd be laughing like, hey, look at these idiots. I'm still getting paid and they're they're using goofy looking digital versions of my face in Rogue One. And, you know, maybe they'll turn my daughter into me in Ahsoka season two. I, yeah, I just think story-wise, like having zero Leia, even if you have to take the cheap way out of having C-3PO be her mouth, she has to be in the plot. It just yeah. it would make no sense if your minister of defense is Doesn't absent have a role. <laughs> during yeah. the biggest challenge of the New Republic's um, early tenure here. Yeah. So I would prefer, if I was going to pick it, do... A voice actress that can get as close to Carrie as possible, which a lot of them probably can now. I mean, there's some incredible voice right. actors out there. And then do Holocom. Like, don't don't have don't do the weird CG face thing, no. which they're probably gonna end up doing. And then just use a voice actress that can actually get like young Carrie's voice really well. Yeah, I mean the hollow is the is the easiest fix, like you said. It it all kind of looks CG anyway, so mm-hmm. cram her yeah. in there, give her some lines, make it sound like Carrie's voice. We're off to the races, okay. And this is another one, probably the fandom brains kicking in a bunch here, but you never know. Like the like, I do think ah- Ahsoka and Sabine are going to get back. Who knows how? Will it be through a whale, something at the Mortis Monastery? Nick, I kind of wrote down. Well, what if? Ezra uses his WBW knowledge to somehow get them back. Get yeah, uh, I know. Uh, Sabine, Ahsoka, who Yang home. Is that like too into the fandom deep shit? Yeah. Cause now I'm trying to remember like, you know, it, how long ago was it? But like 
we went over the Dave Filoni rules to the WBW at some point. Yeah, you can't, I guess it's you can't, characters can't come into a door that they didn't already cross through. So I guess you're right. You couldn't, Yeah. I guess you technically couldn't bring them back to the door Ezra used, if I'm understanding yeah. Filoni's logic. Yeah, it's like because it's like as Nick is saying, if you remember the the scene in Rebels, Ezra opens a door, grabs Ahsoka from that moment on Malachor, pulls her into the WBW. I think Palpatine starts shooting like blue laser flames yeah. at him, but then he essentially takes Ahsoka back to the same door and drops her out at a different point in that time to where she yeah. can just walk away. Yeah, so it's not like he. He pulled her off a of Malachor five and then placed her on, on Yavin another, four yeah, 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 okay, you're right. and was like, well, you're here right. you go. Like now you're safe. It was like, it was almost like a holding period. It's like, okay, you come here, we wait 15 minutes and then everything's destroyed, yep. but you go back out so, there. There you go. We, we can cancel so. that one right away. Plus I believe the WBW portal was buried, if not destroyed on Lothal in rebels. So uh, yeah. that, that could be a problem. Uh, last one here is super easy. Then we'll we'll get into more of the bad guy stuff. But the the, the new Republic, I think, by the end of season one, is going to take a take a fucking punch to the face. In fact, mm-hmm. I think I had it drawn up in Thrawn side. I think an impactful victory for all fans, especially us older fans, would be seeing Thrawn and his fleet take out Home One. Yeah, because we, we don't see Home One in the sequel trilogy, right? It's Correct. Just not it's, there. We've moved yeah. on to the Radis that, that yeah, Holdo yeah. commands. Yeah, Radises, yeah. So seeing that go down would would be that would be a heavy loss because you got to think the Home One that, that that at this point in time is like a it's a it's an icon to the, yeah. the rebellion movement and now the New Republic. That is that's the flagship that helped to take down Death Star 2. It's a trap went down on that flagship. I mean, all sorts mm-hmm. of crazy shit happened on Home 1. Home 1 has always been the epitome of the of the rebel fleet, the good guys. So yeah. so seeing that getting taken out and in its fleet that, you know, follows it, I think that would be a justifiable heavy loss for the New Republic. I know you and I have have kind of postulated like, well, what if this, what if Thrawn's the one that kind of forces the New Republic to the Hosnian system with some sort yeah. of crazy attack on, on Coruscant? I don't know if they'll get that big, but I, I kind of like the idea of, of having something as nostalgic as Home One being utterly destroyed right in front of our faces. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to see something that like is super impactful yeah. because... It needs to be to the level that there is like there is an explanation for some of the things like you like you 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 were saying like they're not on course on anymore why they're not like home one's not their their flagship anymore why like you could answer a lot of these questions and make a super like make Thrawn the villain that you're building him up to be with stuff like that. Like that and, would be, and I, I know Akbar couldn't be on it because he makes it to the sequels, but yeah, he, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. I mean, we we saw Akbar; he's hanging out at the with with all the senators and shit now, so he's he's a fucking goon, anyways. Yeah, he's probably not even like you know he would have been considered a battlefield general at that time during ROTJ, 
And now he's probably got a station that has taken him off of the like the battlefield for good. Yeah. Like he's he's not going to be on yeah, a ship. He's rotated out. Although I guess he does come back and and does kind of help command the Radis yeah. and get sucked out in the space. But oh well. Okay, we talked about Thrawn's deal with the Night Sisters. Okay, so Thrawn will link up with the Shadow Council via Captain Pelion. The others will begrudgingly get behind him as Grand Admiral but will maintain their pet projects like Hux's First Order and the cloning that we heard in Mandalorian, Mandalorian Season 3. And um, I, I do think we'll hear about Gideon's supposed defeat at Mandalore, possibly shifting Thrawn's focus there first. Yeah, because there's like... Um, Cause I, that's what I'm very interested in is to see how the Mandalorians respond. become incorporated. Right. Do they, get, because do they I, get ignored again? Because what I like, what, what my thoughts on it were is like, okay, the new Republic is going to immediately be like, they're going to be like, yeah, whatever. And we already know that the, the new Republic has decommissioned a large yep. part of their fleet. Mm -hmm. So once they find out that like, oh fuck, this is real. The first thing that the new Republic is going to do is go to the Mandalorians. Because they don't have anybody else. You you would hope maybe not them because they're too, you know, they got too much hubris. But but like the Tavas, but, the Haras yeah, of the world, exactly. for sure. Yeah, like they're gonna be like, look, our forces are decimated by our own doing. Like like we don't have forces because we chose to not have forces. We've decommissioned ships. We don't even have like the fleet that we have is not even significant enough in size to be able to stand up to the Imperial remnant at this point, if they all come together. So we need forces and yeah, I think it's going to be like Tava. It's going to be Zeb. It's going to be Hera. That's going to, that have to go to the Mandalorians and be like, look, I know that we didn't fucking help you guys when you needed it the most, but like, we don't need you. The galaxy needs you. And then that's going to be a really, hard fucking moment for Bo-Katan in leadership, which I think is going to be super interesting. Yeah. Which they means they're that. not going to do it because <laughs> you're right. <laughs> like, there, there's a, there's a lot of great narrative potential there putting Bo kind of putting the screws to her. Like, Hey, I just earned the trust of the lunatic mm -hmm. fringe Mandos, the, the traditionalists. We just yep. retook our planet. We're trying to rebuild. You cocksuckers told us to go eat shit. We've never really been down with the with the rebellion and helping you dickheads, so what do I do? I know what I yeah. should do, but I also have these other allegiances now, and I want to rebuild my own fucking society. Um, yeah, it's like that is that's such a powerful narrative to tell because it also like that could possibly explain why hint hint we don't see fucking Mandalorians in the sequel trilogy, like you know. Bo-Katan rises to the station that she's been, you know, supposed supposed to have held for for years at this point and then is ultimately faced with the decision of what do I do? Like right. do I follow the path that all of the Creed Mandalorians did and just choose isolationism as Mandalorians and like we're never going to be involved in the galaxy again or do I put myself in a position to where I could potentially wipe out our entire race. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's great stuff. I, I, I mean, maybe they'll deal with some of that stuff in Mandalorian season four, if that sees the light of day, 
But you would think, especially because the Shadow Council was already worried about Mandalore, talking about them. I think even Paleon was like, oh, yeah, fuck, dude. You're right. If 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 Mandalorians are mustering to retake their planet, Gideon, yeah, go ahead. You can have a few more resources. You can have the Praetorian Guards. So, yeah, you would think Thrawn, too, would be like, okay, and Gideon lost, right? And he, he had a whole fucking Imperial base on their planet and still lost. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. And, by the way, it was only against maybe 40 or 50 Mandos. Yeah, let's go ahead and make that our first fucking target. And let's just re-glass the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, wouldn't it be kind of funny if this is a Mandoverse crossover series and there's no Mandalorians involved? That would be odd. Another good point from Young Man. No doubt about <laughs> like, it. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, it, it, you would think being... Well, in, in, Nick's, in this version of Thrawn, a bad tic-tac-toe player... Even there, yeah. Thrawn should be able to connect the dots and be like, okay, you guys were so worried about just abandoning Mandalorians getting back on their planet. That happened. You took, it took out one of our own and it, all of his forces and all of our cloning money. Maybe we should deal with them before we worry about these tree huggers of the New Republic who are nuking their own war machine because they're a bunch of pussies. Yeah, it's like just like immediate threat identification should be like... Yeah. Let's go for all the people who have Beskar armor and are trained warriors. <laughs> like, yeah, so. like maybe, maybe let's not worry about the fucking people who are actively tearing down their own military. Okay, no, um, another one here for the bad guys, Nick. I, I do think Captain Enoch becomes more of a player. I uh, hope so. Has a more prominent role than just kind of the errand boy, the, you know, go tell them to do this type of man. You, you know, maybe this comes in a way of learning how he rose to be Thrawn's right hand, why he is a bit different. Was he an Imperial before, or is he someone from Peridia that we don't know? Like, and if he is from Peridia, does he have connections to the, the Night Sisters, the, the, the Temple, some of the freaky shit that's going on on that planet that caused the Night Sisters to want to. Uh, have a mass exodus. Um, I I don't think it's going to be some crazy reveal, you know, like we were doing for uh, whatever, Maroc. I'm not saying that, like it's going to be a character we know. Uh, But uh, but I do think he's going to be a bigger player. He needs to be a bigger player. You You don't get an actor like Wes. You don't make him look so much different from all the other helmeted characters without a reason, right? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think that now, and and it's a thing that is kind of built into Thrawn's character, or at least was built into Thrawn's character, is like, once you kind of get into his inner circle and like he is somebody that you, that he can trust and he knows that he can trust, then like you have access to Thrawn unlike anybody else does. And like this character, at least in like the newer Thrawn trilogy was told through uh, or or was like this character is named Eli Vanto. Like Eli Vanto in the new like the Canon Thrawn trilogy was an imperial officer that was placed under Thrawn's command early in his tenure before he even reached Grand Admiral. It was like early in his tenure as an imperial officer. And like came up under Thrawn and so like and and got so far into Thrawn's like good graces and into his circle of trust that like towards the end of the of the trilogy, 
he actually sent Eli Vanto off to convene with the Chiss to like as like his representative yeah so um to the Chiss so like is does Enoch kind of not really mirror that character but does he like fall into that same circle of trust that's kind of what I was getting at and I and I hope we do get some insights into how that came to be Knowing what we know about Star Wars, probably not, right? It's a TV show. They, they keep things quick. Who gives a shit about exposition, I guess? But yeah, that, right? that's all the cool stuff I think a lot of us us fanboys would, would get into. So, again, uh, another good idea that we'll probably will not see the light of day. This one, Nick, I think will be interesting, and maybe it will show, again, why they had to leave Coruscant. But I do think, thanks to Thrawn coming back, the New Republic is going to start to see a ridiculous uptick in Imperial Loyalist activity. Like, it's going to be a rallying cry for those that have been in hiding, those that are in those, what, reconditioned camps, and those, like, what's her name, that are already spies in the New Republic. This is going to kind of be, like, their flair. All right, people, it's time to move into Phase 2 of undermining the New Republic. You know, in, you know up that spy activity, start taking shit down on on Coruscant you know sabotage all that type of shit yeah I mean you would think that since those seeds were planted like you know with that whole episode when um god what was the doctor's name the Pershing I can't remember Pershing yeah when like Pershing goes through and sees the the situation that the uh like the imperial defectors are in and like goes through all of the stuff and are intro, you know, we're introduced to all of these like imperial, like former imperial characters, p- characters that are still imperial loyalists that are spies within the New Republic government system on Coruscant. Like this, you're right. Like this should be like the spark. This should be mm-hmm. like, uh oh, it's time. Like th- the the time has come. Right. It's almost like so they're all those, being activated, yeah. right? Like like agents yeah. and, and matrix or something. So it's like, okay. This yeah. is what we've been waiting for. We've we've always been told from the Shadow Council to just have your patience, go along with the plan, you know, do what you got to do for the New Republic, but just know this day will come, and when it comes, you will get the signal. And, and we know exactly. it's there. I mean, even in Ahsoka, when they're on the Carillion shipyard, what happened? For the Empire, yeah, imperial, right? Yeah, I mean, imperial loyalists just, attack as soon as they yeah, got onto they're, it. They're everywhere, oh. so I, I think this is... This also, I think, will show us just how susceptible the New Republic was and how it was doomed to fail from the beginning. Trying to literally go from a a dictatorship to the polar opposite of that sunk them from the get-go. I mean, they, they, yeah. they literally were accepting fascists into their ranks and going, yeah, you'll be okay. Right, because we're yeah. we're all gonna be nice and friends now. We're gonna get rid of our our guns and ships. See, we're good, so you'll be good now too. And they're like, yeah, we will until Thrawn returns. Exactly. Okay. So. We talked about the the major victory. What do you think about Thrawn and and some light thread when he learns that Anakin's kids are the reason why the Empire failed? Or do is that another one we just can't touch? I mean, he, he had a hard oh, on like, oh, shit, Ahsoka's Skywalker's apprentice. I know what that means. That's yeah. shitty. You would think he gets back. He's like, hey, we just ditched Skywalker's apprentice there. And you go, um, Thrawn, Skywalker's got by the way, <laughs> he he actually had two kids and they more or less. Yeah, they had some help, but they more or less single handedly took down 
Palpatine's empire and uh, helped Vader return to the light. So you might yeah. you might want to watch out for them if you thought Anakin was something to worry about. Yeah, that, I mean that that is the fucked up part. But of, it goes of back this to your point, right? Like you can't. Angle. It's just like we're fucked with the Skywalkers because they could come in and literally shoot lasers out of their eyes in Miller time. Yeah, and it's <laughs> because like. If, Look at if, that. They took if, an oath. Yep, sure. Yep. <laughs> Just like a lot of our senators in the House of Representatives yeah. people took an oath to <laughs> If they um if they actually like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that you can broach that with Thrawn really. Which because is then it's sad. Like, Cause wouldn't you love to hear him thinking yeah. about that? Like, oh shit. I mean, even the little things he said, I know you hate TV Thrawn, but even when he was realizing that Ahsoka had ties to Anakin, you could see it concerned him. He was planning for it, strategizing with his tic-tac-toe board how to deal with it. So you would have to assume direct Anakin jizz would get the same level of attention and concern. Yeah. I mean, maybe they do bring it up and maybe they just like, I hope they, if they do bring it up with Thrawn, what it does is it doesn't necessarily put you in a situation that it does with the good guys, because if the good guys bring him up, then it's like a phone, like phone Luke situation. And then like he, he has to find his way into the fray. But if it's a thrawn, if it's brought up from the perspective of the bad guys, then it's like, this is something that we have to keep on our radar at all times. And it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like, well, Luke's coming. It, you know, it's more of like they have to be keenly aware that he could be coming at any time. Yeah, well, I mean, the lay angle is going to be easy because they already have spies in the New Republic. So you're for damn sure that they they she's probably had some tap in her this whole time. So you, yeah. you, you could definitely see that angle getting relayed to Thrawn pretty easy. It makes sense. Minister of Defense, Leia Skywalker, Leia Organa, a.k.a. Skywalker. Ooh, Leia Skywalker. Okay, all right. Well, I might, might not. I might have to break out the chessboard for this one. They're gonna, Thrawn's going to be so confused. He's like, is it Organa? Is it Skywalker? Or is yeah. it Solo? She's who is all this three lady? <laughs> yeah, who is this like, motherfucker? And the last one here, and I know you and I kind of talked maybe even last week. But there's still a part of me thinking that something from the Peridia galaxy may ultimately be the real problem here. And Thrawn is just kind of a smokescreen for all of us fanboys. And when it comes down to it, Thrawn's ultimate goals are going to be affected by this, this power. Is it Abeloth? Is it the end of the Force? Is it Balin fucking something up that's going to propagate across the universe? But I, I I have a feeling his goals could be affected by that. I mean, I mean is that Ahsoka and Sabine coming back with something, with new knowledge? Uh, or, like I said, is it the Force that, that Balin is after? There's a part of me hoping, like, Thrawn is almost uh, the MacGuffin. We're all focused on him as being the, 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 the big bad, the end-all, be-all for the New Republic. But what it really is, is what Balin is going to unleash. Yeah. I mean, you don't leave all of your main cast and then a prominent external character like Balin on that planet for no reason. Right. Like there, there has to be a, a main story point that's still there that is yet to be addressed. That could, you know, potentially be a huge plot point for the crossover series or just for like, I mean, you know, for uh, season two in general, like there's something that, that we don't have a full view of yet that is going to be 
as important, if not more important than the whole Thrawn picture of this. Well, if um, you think about it, Nick, it, it it could almost blunt the Luke problem. Like if if you're having this indestructible force, something coming to this galaxy, there's something that could rival Superman Skywalker, right? Exactly. Almost like a level playing field. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, it makes the Luke angle of it way more yeah, okay. clear. Right. It's like, okay, we're not just calling him in because some fucking right. long lost Imperial guy and who's he, got like the only one that has a chance. Yeah, it's like, you know, like, yeah, it's like Thrawn's here and he's got 400 magic, like, you know, like magic infused warriors and some like scattershot Imperial remnant. It's like, is that. It, it's like it's almost like the New Republic is like, do we call Luke for that? Right. Or can we handle this on our own? Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, like, but if it's a fucking Abeloth galaxy eating, I'm going to kill everything person. They're like, yep, this is a Luke phone call for sure. Like, yeah, it's and, just and m- I, I, much more clear. How fucking cool would it be to see our, our former rebels teaming up with their adversary? Dude, that's what I, yeah, I mean, like like, that, that's never really been, it's never happened. Yeah. That, that would be pretty fucking wild. Yeah. I think, I mean, like bat's got a question, Nick, you got to handle here. And I think he's talking about, I'll, I'll read it and I'll let you, you guys think they're going to do the Jason story from the books with Jason Sandula. I'm assuming he's talking about Jason Solo. Jason Solo. Um, so Jason Solo is essentially like, it's, it's like, but the, but the thing is, is the Jason Solo story kind of got done through Ben. Like, it, it that's kind of the Ben Solo story now. Because Jason Solo technically... Isn't he is the like, one that ultimately falls to the dark falls side? Falls to the dark side, yeah. gets killed by his sister, like gets killed by Jaina and stuff like that. But yeah, it's like Jason Solo was one of the primary members of the Jedi Order at that time. And during the time of the Jedi Order, I mean, I don't know if he's talking about like his ultimate fall to the dark side or like, do we get like the Yuuzhan Vong? So that's what he says. Like, do we get the Yuuzhan Vong? Like the Yuuzhan Vong would be interesting because it would be a a super long fight. Like the the Yuuzhan Vong war in the old EU took up a lot of time. Like, I think that was like a three year long like war or something like that. And and what we may get from from the monastery stuff with the gods of Mortis may be a more like immediate punch and doesn't last as long. Right. It's but then on the Jason solo side of things, like Darth Cadus is is like the name that he takes up when he finally goes on to the dark side. They they kind of did that with Ben Solo because it was the same thing. It was a soul, it was the kid of of, of Leia and and yeah, like Skywalker kid trains at the Jedi Temple, falls to the dark side, blah blah blah. Like so, like that's a really close story that we've already seen done with Ben Solo. Um, and but if you saw if you're talking about the Yuuzhan Vong angle of it, that my only concern about that is like that was a long tail conflict and like. The what we're what we're probably gonna get here is is not a long tail conflict at least from the Mortis Monastery side of things, right. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they're going to introduce a new unstoppable race just kind of out of nowhere. I mean, that, it, yeah, unless that's what Mortis has been preventing or holding back. But I, I don't know. I it's going to be yeah. something with 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 the force, the the, the power of the universe. Because it, I like what I don't think like they don't have enough time to do no. it. Like. Like they don't have enough time to introduce like a Yuzon Vong like that, race. That's of, what I'm saying. Like you would need yeah. to s- start pre-staging that for that to have any pop. Or we get into the things we were talking about before Soka release. Well, what are casuals going to think about all this shit? Like so much stuff is going to be going over their head. And you could argue with the Vong, even hardcore people like me would be going, okay, what? I know I've heard this story before, but where'd they come from? Why are they coming here? Why they want to do what they're going to do? Because, like, like, almost what you would need to happen is, like, you would need to have, you would need to have a movie that, like, like, you would have the crossover event that, like, addresses, if you're going to try to... Skeleton Crew potentially could be a vehicle to introduce a race like that, right? Where... You got kids bumble fucking around the galaxy and they, they run into something like that just so we get a quick introduction. Like, hey. Yeah. I guess, I mean, like, if they were going to do it, but, like, maybe, like, the only way that I think that they, they would introduce, like, a race of characters like the Yuzon Vong is, like, if that is what they plan to make their content about after the crossover stuff. Because there's not enough time, like you said, there's not enough time to have like a whole race of characters in a war it, with that race listen, of characters listen, and bat, the end of that race of characters. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. No, it's not, I, I know it's not they happening. have pulled some stuff from Air of the Empire. That's undeniable, but Vong ain't happening. But then also like the war with the use on Vong happened like a, a pretty decent amount of time after Air to the Empire. Like Air, Air to the Empire... They're not like, connected even, either. Like this is from no, a whole no, different like, writer. I don't know if it was with her name. Yeah, Kathy no, it's like whatever. the the use the on Vong stuff happened way after Heir to the Empire, and like Jason and even like Jason and Jaina Solo, like no. So I think you're getting okay. There, this is like a lot of like EU shit. Like that is the key word shit. Yeah, it's like it it can get a little confusing. The book that happens right after ROTJ, and like maybe this is what Bat's thinking of, because like there's there's like ROTJ stuff where they they do introduce a like oh my god we just took out the Empire but holy fuck there's this new race of aliens that have now invaded us on the like on the e like right soon after the Empire was defeated and is, that is was this not the, the use on Bakura thing book Nick? yes okay and that's the i because i read that it's the ssi ruby or something like that and it's like it's it's literally like they 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 looked like velociraptors um <laughs> and like so right here ssi rue were a saurian race of aliens that invaded from the unknown regions that invaded Bakora in 4 ABY shortly after the Battle of Endor. So, like, I don't know if, like, if if Bad is getting that confused with the Yuuzhan Vong, but those are two different alien right. types. So there was an invasion of another race of aliens in the old EU right after, like, ROTJ timeline that Luke and everybody had to deal with. 
Um, but the I can't I don't remember if the Vong were involved with Heir to the Empire because no. like I'm I'm again I'm not a book reader, but I you're right. It was post, post, post all that stuff. It was yeah, it was I mean, almost the, like one of the last from what I remember, it was almost like one of the last EU things because when everyone found out that they were killing Chewbacca, people were like, fuck this garbage. We don't we don't like you anymore. It it was towards the end, like the, the war with the Yuzan Vong happened and like that was a whole it was called the Dark Nest series. Like it, that was the name of the book series. The Dark I I'm pretty sure that the Dark Nest series is what encapsulated the war with the Yuzan Vong and like all of the stuff around Jason and Jaina Solo's like time in the Jedi Order. And then after the Dark Nest stuff is when um is like when they sort of transitioned into the uh the legacy of the force series which was more about i'm so glad i didn't get mixed up in this <laughs> fucking nonsense it's it's so nice and to it, not have all this shit stuck in my head because i have so much dumb star wars shit in there i don't need all this stuff yeah it's, it's like i mean like maybe i'm getting this mixed in with stuff too but like Cause there was a lot of stuff, but like, and then after the dark nest stuff is when the legacy of the Force series started. And that was around, um, like the fall of Jason solo. Like that's like the fall of Jason solo was some of the last books that were ever written in the old EU. Like that was, that was literally like the end of the old EU. Like he falls to the dark side and then he gets killed by, but, like ultimately his sister has to take him yeah, and, down and, and all that and, stuff now has been paved over cause we have the sequel trilogy. So it ain't, it just, yeah. it's gone. All I, right. I, I'm trying to remember when the Yuzan Vong war happened, but it was like, I think it was after. Yeah. I mean the use, the Yuzan Vong war. So like to give you an idea of things like Yuzan Vong war started, it was four years, not three. So I was, I was wrong about that. It, it happened at in 29 it like the the Yuzan Vong war ended in 29 ABY so that's like that's 29 years out from the end it's 25 years out from the end of ROTJ um so i yeah like so i guess it's technically right where we're at in the Mandiverse timeline kind somewhere around there yeah and like commands, commanders. Yeah, it's like it, there was so much stuff that was happening at that time period. I'm um, just gonna, I'm but, just gonna tell everyone right now, it ain't happening. No, no. It, it, okay, so like just to like Imperial Remnant was like kind of around, but the New Jedi Order had already been established. Like, so I'm pretty sure that at that point, like Thrawn was gone. Like, or th like Thrawn. I don't think. Man, it's so hard to remember now. <laughs> like, but yeah, I I don't think that like heir to the empire and the Yuzan Vong war are linked um, whatsoever. So I, yeah, right. I, I don't think that those two book trilogies. Hey, were, we try was, here sometimes, people. But like I said, the EU's the EU. It's really nothing the, worth the, spending our time. The chist. So like yeah, so like bad saying like the chist knew of them. Yes, the chist the chist knew of them, and that like in new in the new canon. The Yuzan Vong have been replaced by, like the Grisk, which is like the, 
a similar thing where it's like the the chist is aware of them and like one of the things that Thrawn in the new canon books was concerned with is the Grisk invade like the Grisk were pushing into chist territory and that's all like in the books like one of his primary concerns is like I have to like do what I'm doing with the Empire but ultimately I need to get back to the chist because they're about to be invaded by the Grisk like it like there's a lot of like behind the scenes shit yeah, that's much, happening. Too with much that. like, narrative spaghetti here. So I'm gonna go ahead and put this one mm-hmm. to bed. I know we we're already yeah we're like, kind of at, pretty at long the post here. Already. So uh, hey, if you just came in, we've been talking about this for the past hour, and we have our first part of discussion in episode 283. So check it out on YouTube.com/slash Star Wars Time Show. But now, my friends, it is time to start putting this episode to bed. It's not quite getting tucked in yet because we got to get through the fan segment. We do it every week. Question of the week posted on Instagram at StarWarsTime.show, both in the story, in the profile. Reply. Maybe I'll start using the question sticker. You never know. But we actually got some uh, people to play this week, Nick, which go figure. Again, we're going long and I put too many goddamn responses to get through, but we'll get there. We're going to read them quick and then we'll get into the top five. So Nick, while I'm switching screens, go ahead and get go ahead and kick things off with the question. Where? All right. So the question uh, to get involved with the question of the week, like Matt says, follow us on at uh, Star Wars time show on Instagram. Look for our question of the week post and then drop your response in the comments. The question this week was, should the original trilogy be rebooted as uh, Matthew Vaughn wants right. to do? So uh, to kick off the question responses this week, we have failed underscore Imagineers. That's a good name, honestly. Uh, they said, absolutely not. I do not mind the idea of exploring other stories with the OT characters, even if that means recasting. Uh, the original stories need to be need to remain untouched as much as they can be post special <laughs> That's editions. right, failed Imagineers. <laughs> They've already been fucked from from reboots and changes by George himself. I like it. All right, the Hung Gungan. The Hung Gungan says no. <laughs> new stories only. Like no in the Vader, oh, no yeah. voice. Oh, yeah. The new Vader. Oh, don't, don't worry, we got we got a whole <laughs> gif of one of those coming up. Nice. Uh, the Queen Cat says. Like it. If they don't change anything major in the storyline, sure, hey, why there not? You, go. you know, I like See? it. Yeah, hey, you never know. Hey, yeah, they, you never know. Uh, Nova Toymation says, absolutely not. Build around it or create new stories far, far away from the galaxy far, far away. Reboots are for creators that are out of fresh ideas. Bingo, bango. Just at just Matthew Vaughn on yeah. there. <laughs> bingo, bango. Yeah. Uh, Easy Malari says... Uh, definitely a no, though I would love some awesome rework on the lightsaber battles. Yeah, it's Better what leave it as we were it saying. Like, I can't wait to AI's yeah. at the point where you just feed in the old Star Wars movies and say, unfuck the, the, the VFX. Yeah. Beautiful. Maybe you can do that one day. Ripic Tan says, nope. <laughs> Lord Thane says, no. no. <laughs> uh, 2797 Studios Bat, our friend says, hell no. It's where it all came from. Leave a good thing alone. Uh, so that's a no from bad as well. Tones <laughs> just hits us with the Han Solo yeah, the famous, shut up yeah, finger. That's right. Han's <laughs> famous sticky finger. They actually did this in a figure release, Nick, where one of his hands was just the the finger point. So 
Very, yeah. very well done by Tones. Mando it's, mug shots. What do you have to say? He says, absolutely not, but help yourself with the sequels. <laughs> Reboot the sequels, okay? There we go. Reboot I, I, the sequels. I could potentially get behind that, as long as Daisy is brought back. Everyone's brought back. Just yeah, to bring all the characters. If you want to bring all the characters time. back. <laughs> yeah. Do the same actors. Yeah. Just make the story make sense. Um, League of Extraordinary Sixers says, that's a no for me. The only way I see the exploration of the original trilogy is through animation. It's a way to explore those characters without worrying about age or death of the actors who played those roles. Uh, very much like Tales yeah. of the Jedi, but longer. That's kind of what we said. So, like it. Yeah. Uh, Scissor Me Xerxes says, there's a galaxy full of characters and thousands of years worth of stories to tell. Why retell slash reboot the original trilogy? Oh, I know. Because so far, Disney has ultimately bumbled everything they've tried to come up with on their own. <laughs> so it's a no, and it's also a Disney better not do this because their stories aren't to his liking. Um, Johnny Osajav says, nope, leave it alone. How about we create something new? I'm sure there was other things happening during this time, perhaps a live action art from the Clone Wars. Live action art from the Clone Wars could be cool. Uh, Red Dog 5 says, no thanks. Use that money to pay the greatest writers on the planet, then spend five years developing, five years making the movies, and then screen testing it for another five years until it's absolutely fucking perfect. Until then, fuck off. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, Red Dog 5. Uh, there it is. Turntable then, to the dark side. To, I knew it was Yeah, coming. turntable to the dark side just gives <laughs> us the straight up Vader no! from our, from Rot's no. Uh I believe I know who this is, Matt. Lady Elaine that, 24, I believe is your the mother uh, of this porn that is your mustache mom. wearing motherfucker. Yep. Matt's mom says no, they're classics and should stay that way. Thanks, mom. <laughs> um Maddie Palanca says, fuck no, my dude, respectfully. I, I, I didn't I didn't take any anything because I, no. I, I'm not the one that came up with this idea. That's another Matt. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a <laughs> that professional filmmaker, <laughs> Matt. Not me. <laughs> um Mando Pirate right. says, no, the sequel trilogy should be rebooted though. <laughs> okay. And then Jedi Journal says it wouldn't work. Those films are a small part of a bigger universe now. Rebooting the originals would have to uh, would have to make everything else non-canon. I mean, he's 100% right. If you rebooted the originals and didn't keep the exact story, everything, it would cause a just insane cascade effect to everything else yeah. after it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was, hey, listen, yeah. it was a dumb idea. We knew it would generate some some action, so we talked about it. It, it, it wasn't our idea, okay? I'm putting that disclaimer out there now. We do think we it's stupid. Think it. I would, like League said, I'd, I'd love to get that uh, kind of animated Star Wars shorts treatment where everything is kind of manga and over the top, but you still tell the same story and it's animated, so it, it's not really fucking with our sauce. All right, so uh, it's time for the top five. I'm going to go ahead and get screens shifted around. Nick, let them know how to get involved. To get involved with the top five. Star Wars fan arts features of the week. Make sure to follow us on our Instagram at starwarstime.show and then make sure to tag us on all of your Star Wars Instagram posts. Add tag at starwarstime.show. Uh, that is how you fall into our tagged section of our profile, where is where, that's where I pull all 
of our top five from is from our tag section. I am rewarding those of you who take that action. So make sure you do that. Um, you can also use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show on your post. Yeah, because well. my, my dumb ass that. will be looking at everything. So don't worry about it. it it's going to get viewed. There's no doubt about it. That is right. So that's how you get involved. And to kick off the top five for this week is at Capes period and period rifles at Capes and Rifles on Instagram. And it's just an incredible shot of Boba Fett engulfed in fire. Dino I don't know how else Fett. to put it. Dino you know what it is, Boba Nick? Fett engulfed in fire. If you remember the character posters that they used to do oh, every yeah. week, I think I think that's mm-hmm. what Capes and Rifles was going for here. A a recreation. A full recreation of the character poster. I mean, it looks fucking sick. Uh, Capes and Rifles really stepped it up on that one. Yeah, digging it. Good stuff. Yeah, I, Next think, up, I think this is the latest version of Boba Fett Hot Toys, and I finally passed on that. I've got one too many Bobas, considering he was never really my favorite character. I know, like you, there was the... It's, uh, I literally the whole, have the most Barbie dolls of Boba Fett, Nick. It, it's not even close. I think I have five or six. It's fucking disgusting. It, it makes no... a character that matches. Yeah, literally, I, like, our longtime fans, they, they'll know what we're talking about, but I, I actually started yelling at fans, had a mass exodus of fans over Boba Fett. So it is yeah. odd that I now own five of them. Nice. Anyways, who do we uh, got next? Next up, I my headset's getting ready to die, so I'm gonna run through these. Okay. Uh, visual Horizon underscore Visual underscore uh, Horizon underscore has an awesome uh, darkest timeline take where we have uh, all of the Skywalkers in full dark side oh, regalia. Yeah. So you have Darth Vader, you have Darth Leia, and you have Darth Luke. You have Luke right there, Luke. Um, and then in the background Luke. you see Reva, and then you see is that the fifth brother? Um, that's him. one of the numbered brothers. That's, back that's there. five. You got it. Five. Fifth bozo brother back fat. There. That's right. See, I knew bat would remember <laughs> the bozo. Uh, so it's the full, uh, darkest timeline where Leia and Luke both fell to the dark side and assisted their father in yeah. his reign of terror. Beautiful. What if shot would love to see it play out. If star Wars ever opted the, the, what if take that the MCU, yeah, like done. I said, yeah. but yeah, it's great. And, and honestly, I think yeah, I know it's an action figure but Leia looks sexy as hell. It's the Endor <laughs> Leia princess head, so that nice long braided hair, and then it's on, I think, the second sister's body. So, yeah, looks great. Very cool stuff there from at visual, or underscore visual, underscore horizon, underscore. Lots of underscores. Next up is at Jedi underscore journal, and he gives us an awesome, uh, like, portrait-style shot of... Our good old Grandmaster Yoda. This is like Hobo Yoda. It, it's uh, actually prequel of, Yoda, Nick. So this is prequel not, Yoda, even with all that hair. He's not full. <laughs> oh, I guess he had all that. Like he's not. See, he looks kind of spry here. So you know, he's, yeah. he's still in his Clone Wars era. But yeah, that that's not quite full on Hobo Yoda. There we go. So Grandmaster Yoda, as we Yoda. call him in Swiga. <laughs> yes. Uh, Grandmaster Yoda from this uh, prequel timeline out in the field. You see a severed stormtrooper head right next to him. Maybe this is him cutting down some other troopers on Kashyyyk like we saw him do at the end of Rots. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just a sick shot of, of yeah, Yoda. He's, he's a good. Uh, I, I kind of wish I had this Hot Toys Yoda than the one. I, I have the Hoda Hot Toys and he looks like Hoda, like arch back. <laughs> 
definitely couldn't pose like this. So nice work there, Jedi Journal. Good stuff. Next up is at Betty Ioni underscore SW, and she gives us a sweet look at Mr. Ezra Bridger holding his old lightsaber with his scout trooper helmet from the old Rebels days. Um, This is a look at our hero that we're going to be following for uh, the rest of our crossover timeline in the Mandoverse. And this is like right around, I mean, it's not right when he got his start, but it is definitely a younger version of Ezra Year one or year two, Ezra, he's (laughs) got the long hair. He still has his um, modified gun lightsaber. So yeah, but yeah, I I always like Betty Oni's shots. Nice, simple backdrop. Good lighting makes for good picks. Indeed. Good stuff there. At Betty Ioni underscore SW. And then one of my favorite recent uh, toys that's come out, at least from the community. He's so great. He's such a good figure. He looks so fucking awesome. This is from at Nick's Toy Picks uh, on Instagram. And it's Darth Malgus, man. It's Darth Malgus placed in a just like pose great lightsaber ignited hood pulled back. So you get to see that, like that really bald, like that bald head scowl, the, the rebreather mask on his face. Um, and he's standing, uh, amongst a, a burning pyre of bones and cinder, just looking, just menacing as fuck. Just a cool ass looking figure. I know I've said this before and it's damn near sacrilegious, but this guy is almost as cool looking as Darth Vader, if not right there and potentially a bit cooler, <laughs> but fuck. I mean, I, I do feel like if these guys went toe to toe, it would be a bit of a fight. It would be a bit for of a, a fight for, for sure. Like, and then, you know, obviously chosen one blood's got to win out, but he just looks like he could take anyone's heads and squish them like grapes. Like yeah. Just, dude, just clap, just... like doing the bell clap, like your head's gone, your <laughs> head's gone, your head's gone. I'm Malgus. He's just such a cool fucking character. One of my favorites from the SWOTOR MMO. So uh, good stuff here from at Nick's Toy Picks on Instagram. And guess what? That is the end Woo! of the top five. And that's the end of our show. So Matt, go ahead and close us out. I feel like whoever created Malgus was like, I'm going to make Darth Vader, but not Darth Vader. Right. I mean, that, yeah, that's essentially probably what they did. so. All right. Like Nick said, it's time to put 284 to bed. Thanks to everyone that joined in the live stream. If you want to try to get into that type of fun, head on over to StarWarsTime.net. That's right. That's our home base in the ether. It's got all of our uh, podcast social links out there. If you'd rather listen to the show, we put it out a day after we do the live stream across all of the important networks. Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, you name it, we're out there. Give us a listen. More importantly, make sure you follow us on those podcast platforms and give us a rating. Speaking of ratings, our our buddies over at Beyond the Dune Sea, they're on Spotify. Checked it out. They already have more ratings than we do, and we've been here for five years. They've been there for like a month. So just goes to show you their fandom loves them. Ours do not. They do not love us. That's okay. We're used to it. I've grown up my whole life feeling unloved, so nothing new for me. But if you are new here, you want to support, you want to stick around, like I said, StarWarsTime.net. Hit those sub to podcast links. Hit the YouTube link. We make it easy for you. You just got to click on it, and it will already sub you to the channel. If you are on YouTube right now, go ahead and give us a follow if you're not already doing it. And if you're not already doing it, shame on you. What's wrong with you? Go to hell. All right? Because if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you.
always.